Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? <laughs> My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Cool. All of that here. Radio show tonight. My name is Quincy and this is my show. All right, and tonight we are discussing dating, relationships, girls' night out, things of that nature. We will also discuss uh, funeral attire and um, that will be our secondary topic that we'll get into and possibly a little zone coverage after that to talk a little sports. But before I get started, let me do a little show maintenance and explain how this show works for those who may be new. This show is a platform for you. The callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers, all of you have the opportunity to voice, chat, or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, simply hit 1 on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak and it places you in the host queue. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag 
T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. All right, T2Q number 506 starts right after this word from Heartbound. Are you looking for an amazing new book read? Get your copy of Heartbound by award-winning poet and author P.I. Altrain. This book promises to shock your mind. This book will be hard to put down. That's Heartbound by P.I. Altrain. Available right now at Amazon. This love story is truly one of the best you'll ever read. Pulling at your emotions and making you want more and more. That's Heartbound. Available right now at Amazon. One choice can change the fate of two worlds get your copy today my thanks to heartbound pick it up on amazon.com and we'll go ahead and get started 347-202-0215 is the number on the talk to q radio show it's been 10 months 10 months um 114 episodes but she's back for more cash my favorite Florida hot girl rejoins the show, and she brought a couple of familiar voices with her. Please welcome back Miss Manhood and the ABC crew. Ladies, what's going on? How's it going? Thanks for having us back, Q. We're doing very well. We've been uh, drinking wine for the last couple hours. And we're ready to give y'all the gift of gab straight from South Florida. That's what's up. All right. We'll go ahead and and get to it. Now, you have SP and L with you, right? Yes, we do. Okay. Now, S and L are married, and P is doing the long distance thing, the Boston to Florida thing, right? <laughs> yes, she is. Okay. Okay, I think I have it. We have a little, we have a little funny thing we just want to say right now. Okay. My boyfriend just called, and she's been missing in action for the last fifteen minutes. That's uh-uh. what we want to say. We don't uh-uh. know what's going on. Well, you have to imagine long distance relationships. We're talking phone sex, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> if she comes, what's going on. yeah, if she comes back out of breath, you know what's going on. Right. Okay, well, let me bring on another Floridian. To the 850 area code I go, to the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida, and welcome on, Buck. Buck, what's going on? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? Glad to have Miss Manhood back and the ABC crew. That's awesome. <laughs> hey there, Buck. What's going on? All right. Yeah, it's been too long. You know, I didn't realize it had been almost a year. Um, so definitely glad to get them back in the mix. And we'll go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, we're going to be going all over the place with these topics, but they're all centering around relationships or dating or picking up or whatever. So, Miss Manhood, let me start you with this. What is the female equivalent of bros before hoes? I mean, we've heard the term, guys, you know, I would say bros before hoes, you know, frat boys and stuff. I mean, is there a female equivalent? Absolutely. It's just in reverse, hoes before bros. 
and <laughs> it's a religion. It's a religion for us. We um, we try to get together once a week. Uh, at, at at the worst case scenario, it's once a month, just because of our busy schedules. But we put our friendship first, and it's it's very important to us to get together. Even tonight, we're all together to talk to you tonight, but uh, we've had two hours just to spend together before coming live on the air, and Mm -hmm. we really cherish this time. It's not about going out and meeting guys. That's that's not our motivation. Our motivation is just just our friendship. Okay. That's pretty cool, but I mean... Is there anything else we can think of instead of hoes before bros? Like, can we do sisters before misters? Uh, uh, trim before trim before him. Uh, uh, how about that's a good one. How about tang before swang? <laughs> it's very creative, Q. Okay, well, I'm just trying to throw something out there, you know, box before cocks, or I don't know. <laughs> Holes before poles. These are, these are good. Uh, chicks before, all right, I'll, I'll stop. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Buck, let me ask you this. From, from a man's point of view, Buck, when it comes to the term bros before hoes, does a, does a hoe ever come before a bro? I mean, is there ever a scenario <laughs> when that happens? Yeah, man, it is a scenario when you try to get that one. You, it's time to go. You know, you don't want you don't want your your, your bro to you know block. So, yeah, I, I would have to you know. But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that should not happen. But you know, if both y'all are on the same one, then you know, which that rare that rarely ever happens. But in the event that that does, I mean, I guess that you know, may the best man win. Okay. All right. So, Miss um, Manhood, I'll throw this to you or any one of your crew that wants to answer. When the ladies have a girls' night out, and I just learned from you today that the acronym for that is GNO, girls' night out. When yeah. the ladies have a girls' night out, is it forbidden to allow a man to pick one of you up? I wouldn't say. Would you guys say it's forbidden? No. Is it forbidden for guys to pick us up if we're out on a girls' night out? I'm I'm definitely going to give a man that will approach us a lot of credit. Yes, he gets points just for having the the balls, the balls to attempt to to break into the crowd. Okay, now who was speaking just then? That's L. Okay, so L thinks that he gets credit just for having the guts to step to the table. Yes, we're we're an intimidating bunch, so that that would that would definitely be a, a credit to him if he has the confidence and the balls to come over and approach us. And we're loud in mm-hmm. a bar. We've been kicked out. We're loud. <laughs> we've been kicked oh, out multiple God. times. <laughs> I mean, all right, so it it is okay. So so how should guys who may be interested approach women who are having a GNO? Good question. Well, he's got to win over the friends first. 
if he just goes toward the girl that he's interested in, in the bunch, I don't think that's going to work because I know in my group, and for me, I want approval from my friends also that they approve of the guy. But the guy's got to get approval from the group. And so he has to win the group over first. Do you guys mm-hmm. agree that he has to win us over with his pizzazz, his personality, his whatever it is? Does he have to buy us drinks? No. No. But I'll tell you what happened this past week is I had my own drink sitting there, and the guy sat down, and he grabbed my drink and said, oh, is this for me, and started drinking it. So that's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> he started drinking it. Yeah, wow. he just grabbed my drink and said, oh, is this for me? Mmm, yummy. That's exactly what I drink. And then he started drinking it. He didn't order his own drink, nor did he buy us drinks, but instead he grabbed my drink and drank it. Okay, that's not wrong with him. <laughs> not how to win over her friends or pick up a girl. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's something wrong with him. Uh, just... <laughs> <laughs> you fell and bumped to see it. I'm pretty sure that didn't last very long. <laughs> Five minutes. No. <laughs> I'm surprised it lasted that long. <laughs> I mean, so, all right, so you said they have to impress your group. Is it better if it's more than one guy? I mean, because if it's four or five of you, I mean, I don't see any way he can win and with those type of odds. Well, he's not going to win with all of us if that's the fantasy. <laughs> But his, if, if there's one girl in the group that he's interested in, his first move is to win us all over. And that, that's, that's charisma, personality, confidence, class. In our group, too, we know if one or two of us is single and looking, we don't want to discourage the, um, the passerby, so we will support him breaking in. And it's really impressive. He has the guts, like Tally said, like, <laughs> to to break in, that's more kudos to him. But um, he has to he's gonna have to win approval for everybody in order to get a second look. Okay. All right. Let me go to the phones to the seven three two area code, the Garden State of New Jersey, and welcome on Ray. Ray, how's it going? Hey, how you doing, Q? Please, uh, book. All right, I want to get a man's perspective and a woman's perspective on this, but Ray, what's your definition of a a bad girl, or or some women call it a bad bitch? What's your definition of that? Oh man! Um, In the context that most people use it. Well, it's used in in two different contexts, I believe. You know, you have women call themselves a bad bitch because they think that they're a shot caller or they're halfway successful or, you know, and they think that they, that they can, um, you know, they just got it going on with themselves. And, you know, or a lot of people want to talk to them. And, and then it's the bad bitch that, you know, she just... Like I was saying about San Diego last night, she just bad. Yeah. So look why she's bad. If she don't open her mouth, she don't say nothing. She's just a bad bitch. But 
if you talking about attitude-wise, why the women think they're a bad bitch because their attitude is on level 12, which, you know, to me is the turn off with some guys like chasing after women is like that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You know, he ain't the only one with no money body, so but that's the way he acts. So that's my definition. Okay, well, let me throw it out to Ms. Manhood and the ABC crew and whoever wants to answer. What's your definition for the term? There's a book out, and it's called Why Men Love Bitches. And in that book, it talks about the definition of what is a bitch in that book. Mm -hmm. And it talks about a strong, independent woman. This is a woman who, she doesn't need a man. She wants a man around, but she doesn't necessarily need a man. She's got her shit together. This is a woman who isn't going to take crap from a man. Um, she's, according to the book, not going to be a doormat. She's going to be a dream girl. And it takes a certain type of man who is going to put in the power to pursue a woman like this who has power. So... There are a lot of men today, however, who would see a woman like this as unpursuable or this is a woman not worth the time because she's not a short-term investment. She'd be a long-term investment, and men just want to get it done. They want to have sex. They want to fuck her, and she's not a, a short-term plan. They, they're not, they already know looking at her, that they can't get in her pants in five minutes. So they're going to move on because, at least here in South Florida, there are a ton of women who are not that bitch. And they are going to sleep with a woman. They're going to sleep with a guy within five minutes if he has money or stature or something else that he's going to shake in front of her face that is going to make her want to go home with him. Mm-hmm. Ladies, do you agree? S.S. is shaking her head. Saying no? She's disagreeing with me. All right, what are you saying, S? What's the deal? <laughs> She's now agreeing. <laughs> okay, S is drunk. All right, so <laughs> she's moved from red wine to white wine. I think the mix is messing with her brain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Buck, why do some men love the bad girl? I mean, the the one who's just going to make life difficult for them each chance she gets, but he still wants her. But is this a in- bad girl? Is it really? Is that the bad girl, or is the bad girl the girl that's going to sleep with him in five minutes? I mean, if she's making life difficult unnecessarily, I I think that's just as bad as anything. Yeah, I mean, unnecessarily, she just she's not going to give away the cookie exactly. But that doesn't make her bad, though. I mean, we're we're talking about you know a bad girl, and, and to me, if you're just being reasonable then that's just a reasonable woman. I mean, I don't think there's anything bad about that. But with a bad girl, you know, know, there's some intrigue. There's some, you know, there's, you know, 
there's and what I mean by the intrigue is there there you know you some guys think that they're more freaky or what have you or they'll you know they'll they'll push the envelope when it comes from you know comes to the bedroom and and that's the reason why you know once they once some of these guys you know get with these particular girls and you know regardless of what they do bad they stick with them because they still feel you know they still feel that intrigue, that mystery, you know, that shrouds around, that they push, you know, when they do get together, they feel, you know, it feels good, you know, with that particular, you know, female or whatnot. So, mm-hmm. and I think that's the reason why, you know, some some guys stay with the, you know, those quote-unquote bad girls because what they can do from a bedroom standpoint. So you think they just have a little extra fire to them? Yeah. They want I mean, because you I think that men of all ages, from the olden days to present, like a challenge. So I think playing hard to get, like our grandmas might have, where you don't act interested, give positive affirmation, be too easy. I do think men still like a challenge. I do worry about my single friends who are too reciprocative, too. To, uh, who respond very quickly to are always yes girls, smile girls, text right back. I do think men like a challenge in general. They like mm-hmm. to hunt and chase. So I think mm-hmm. some some women who are interested in relationships who don't want to play games are in fact hurting their chances by not playing games and playing hard to get. They are too available, too eager, and men do like a little bit of chase. They like a girl who has girlfriends or plans of her own. So mm-hmm. by having your own social life with plans, work plans, friend plans, social plans, it makes you a little bit um, busy and interesting. And I think girls who are too available to date are cutting off their nose to spite their face. Well, okay. that. Yeah, let's get to have a little mystery. Yeah. Do men... Do men view women differently if they sleep with them right away? Most men will put women in a box in a category if she sleeps with them right away. Um, What's right away? First date, third date, what's right away? It depends on the guy, probably uh, within the first couple of dates. But um, you're you're right as far as if a guy has to make an effort, then he's going to be more willing to – I guess, follow up on his investment of time and appreciate what he has. Um, So I definitely agree with you there. Um, However, when I think as far as what a bad bad chick is, I'm thinking of someone who just, you know, who who takes more than she gives, who just really, really makes you work for it. And, you know, once you get it, you're sprung, of course, because you waited so long and you tried so hard. But I think they – push it a little too far. That's that's what I think about when I think of a bad chick. Let me go to the 510 area code, which I believe is in Oakland. Carla, what's your name? Hey, this is Mr. Research Cousin Q. What's going on, Cousin Q? Everything is great. I, I, I wanted to provide some intellectual male counterpunches on this. Uh-uh. I'm listening. <laughs> Let me try to recap what I heard thus far. And this is not all men. This is just majority. Let's look at our Pakistani brothers. I, I use that for a reason. Okay. These people are focused on family, 
and long-term success. A bad chick is not an investment for them. There's somebody to have a arrangement with or something of that regard. When you look at the term bad chick, it originated in 2004 with a song that Webby put out. And to manhood's point, it did say a female that has her own stuff and blah, blah, blah. But you also need to understand the context of the mindset of the of the young dude that it came from. It came from a guy who grew up with a single mom who looks at women as his idol. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that for a lot of these dudes, answering a, a third question you guys had on the table, for a lot of these dudes, it's not like a Pakistani or a Jewish or Asian dude that is indoctrinated with uh, uh, boys are important. A lot of our urban boys, they put females above themselves, and they end up focusing just on sex or guns, but mostly sex, to feel important in a relationship. So they don't mind a woman having that own car, own house, own this, because he wants to just sit up and have sex with that and never develop himself. My last point to prove that what I'm saying is somewhat true in not all cases, but most Look around at most of your urban neighborhoods. The boys are desolate and the girls are thriving because the boys, they grow up in this culture of I just want to bust a nut and that's enough, even if I got to live on the streets. But if what I'm saying isn't true, you wouldn't have so many homeless teenage boys running around here now. Oh, Lord, I'm not sure. Um how many may be actually doing that? But I, I get your point. I get your point. Culturally, um, there can be some differences as far as how women are viewed. And um, a lot of times, if you ask a certain person of a certain culture uh, what a bad chick is, and it could mean just straight independence and things of that nature, where if you ask someone else, it can mean something different. I definitely agree with you. However, I do think that some guys get sprung on them. You know, for whatever reason, and maybe it's because, like what Miss Manhood said, as um, you know, they work hard and you know they have to put forth such an effort to get her, and once they get her, you know, they're kind of stuck. Well, but let me go to the well, A six five. Let me go to the A six five area code to Chattanooga, and bring on Daddy Rich. What's going on? Hey, hey, what's going on, Q? Not too much. What's up, man? What's hey, going let on? me ask you. Let me ask you this, Matt. Do some guys get caught up with bad girls for the same reasons that some ladies get caught up with bad boys? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. It, it, it works both ways. You know, sometimes, you know, you, you just you're sprung on certain things. You, you know how it is. You might like this. You might like that. You know, and it just happens, man. It just happens, man, both sides of the track. Okay. And Miss Manhood, what do you think about that? Do you think that, um, I mean, why do you think some women like bad boys? And do you think that men kind of fall for the same thing? I think I think bad boys have a formula within them that we are all attracted to. And it, it is what I call the cum factor. C-U-M, the cum factor. Okay. All bad boys. It doesn't matter if he's riding a motorcycle or if he's just an asshole, but the bad boy has come faster, and that is the C 
is confidence. This is, this is a man, he, he, he walks into a room and everybody's like, who is that? Because the way he walks, the way he carries himself, he knows who he is. He looks confidence. important. Yeah, and he, he, yeah, he has good self-esteem. He knows who he is. Uh, the U is unpredictability. So, you know, this isn't a creature of habit. He does things that are a little bit out of the ordinary. He differentiates himself with what, what he does, what he says. Um, and then the M is mystery. This isn't a guy who's going to go over to a woman and say, oh, I have IBS. I'm allergic to cats. I, you know, I. Oh, wow. You know, you know what I mean? He's not showing his weakness. He, 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 he carries, he's not a mama's boy. Right. That's the, the M doesn't stand for his mama. So the M is mystery because he, he, he's, he's able to just, he, he's kind of a quiet type. He's not that loud guy that's in the bar that, that we all see as um, it's bravado, that he's faking confidence, but we all know he's just an insecure guy that's rattling off his 401K and his boat and his money and everything, and we know he's just, uh, you know, that, that's, just, that's a schmuck. So... The, the come factor is this, this bad boy, and it's it, you know we all love the guy that walks around with a lot of cum. think about what do you think about is the same thing apply to guys are we um attracted to the confidence the unpredictability the wait what was the m for mystery Mystery. oh yeah (laughs) definitely i mean for me i don't want one that's too easy i want one that has some intrigue to her you know that you know that you have to work for a little bit you know i don't want i mean it's it just—it seems like the relationship lasts a little bit longer, a whole lot longer, actually. When you have, when you have, when you have those three things, I mean, because it's really easy to get. Then you just, for me, turn turned off. Actually, I don't—I don't want to get it the first night. I don't care how fine they are, but you know, if you make me work for it a little bit, I think it's all—it's so much sweeter. Okay, okay. Now I'm I'm the type of person who believes that you can go with the flow and that even if you sleep with someone on the on the first night you can still have a successful relationship. I don't think that it happens often, but I do think that it's possible. Uh, just not often. But um okay, so Miss Manhill, let me go to one of your, your A B C posse back there in the back and any one of the ladies can answer. Um what is your definition of a fluffer? Let everyone know what a fluffer is. Oh, we know what a fluffer is. <laughs> Did you say bluffer? I think it's no, bluffer. Fluffer. Uh, I know what it is. You said fluffer, not bluffer, right? Right, fluffer with an F, F-L. And, and who's speaking? Right. All right, so you want the literal, do you want the literal definition of that? Yeah. Okay. P is P is going to give it to you right now. Um, okay. Well, as far as I know, it's a girl that 
keep the guy hard during a orgy, right? During a gangbang or orgy. Fluffer. Or porn. Or porn, yeah. Yeah, they, they give them blowjobs to keep them hard. Okay. Right, they're, they're, so, they're, they're, uh, they're like the, the minimum wage girl that is on a porn set to get a guy ready for the main event to be with the porn star. Okay, I wonder where the term fluffing comes from. There's nothing fluffy about it. I don't get that. But okay, uh, right. So, yeah, so that, that's, in the, that's the, dating, the way I, I... In the dating world, though, in the dating world, a lot of guys choose to be with fluffers and not a porn star. And a fluffer is just a lot easier to be with because she's just there for sex, to fluff him up or whatever. Yeah, and maybe he has a girlfriend, maybe he has a wife. Um, or maybe he's just still out there, uh, internet dating, looking for the bigger, better deal. But in the meantime, he's going to have a fluffer just fluff him. And sort Yeah. And, and some women are willing to be that and do that. And because of that, they're hoping it turns into something. Yeah, they're hoping it, it turns into something. But a fluffer usually never becomes a porn star. All right. So do, do married men need fluffers? I mean, does can that help a relationship? They 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 want them. They definitely want a fluffer on the side. And I and I'll I'll share a personal story that I met somebody recently um, during work. I was just doing my thing. I wasn't even looking. I wasn't making eye contact. I was kind of just really in the moment on the job and. Afterwards, this guy pursued me. He uh, found me via Facebook. He found me via LinkedIn. And then there started this conversation on Facebook and sent message back and forth. I did notice when I was working and um, uh, when I met him that he wasn't wearing a ring. I looked up and I was like, oh, he's cute. He's age appropriate. And that was that. I didn't pursue it. He pursued me. And mm-hmm. it started this uh, this constant, nonstop text messaging via instant message on Facebook back and forth. And um, he came over, and we drank wine together. And then the excuses started. There were the, these excuses of, "Oh, I can't. No, I can't come to the barbecue. No, I can't do this with you. No, I, no, I'm I'm busy here. I'm working here. I'm doing this. I'm going out of town." And then it dawned on me, it kind of hit me, okay, this guy is married. And so I sent him a message on Facebook and asked, are you married? And he was very elusive at first, and then finally he answered, and the answer was yes. Married men want fluffers. They want another woman on the side, and even the statistics now show that 60% of married men cheat. So with these alarming statistics, it is not alarming that I am a single woman out there who is constantly hit on by married men who are posing as not married. Any married man that needs a fluffer is doing something wrong in his marriage. Yeah. It's not the woman's responsibility to fulfill him it's his responsibility to be a wonderful partner and and develop you know these great 
Yes. Can I can can I champion a couple of things that were said? Go ahead. Sure. All right. So so here's here's my take as a suit and tie dude. Okay, we got a little epidemic that there's suit and tie dudes or people who got to hand wake up and handle business versus people that you know they go to the gym every day, they go get tattoos, and they kind of look the part. <laughs> And I'm kind of some, yeah, and, and and that's why she's laughing because you know that's that's what's happening out there, and it kind of goes to what she said earlier about you know the wanting of the thug guy. You got a lot of people. I don't give guys a lot of credit because we are naturally stupid. We are not crafty. We we are naturally black and white logic. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the problem the problem is when you get some of these suit and tie guys, they come to the conclusion. Hey, I'd rather adopt rather than get a chick pregnant, or I'd rather pick the type of chick that I want and let her know that she's coming into my world. And and business women do it too, to men. And I'm getting to this fluffer thing. So all that happens because you got these dudes who are very in, in, insecure about their decisions. So they get into these decisions. And they they fall into this woman's state of mind where they don't want to be perceived as arrogant. They don't want to be perceived as too overly confident because having sex, conquering sex, let me say it that way, is their main goal. When actually they can go get an escort for forty, a hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, and you know, mm-hmm. achieve the same goal in time. But the guys are so insecure that they get into this thirsty realm, which is why, I like, I don't hang around too many black dudes no more because they just way too thirsty. I need I need to be around dudes who are confident in what they're doing to say, okay, I messed up or I got this arrangement with this chick or what have you. So to wrap it all up, what she's basically saying, and I'm saying it in male language, is that a lot of these dudes are not confident in the decisions that they've made for themselves. And a lot of dudes are trying to, now that they've made decisions, trying to go backwards and live these pimp lives as opposed to just paying the cost, get them a mistress, call it a day. They want to do the Kobe Bryant, Bill Cosby thing and live loose. You don't do that. I, I think there's two two things, though. One is they're not confident in themselves, so they need constant validation or affirmation from some strange woman. Am I attractive? If I weren't married, could I still pick chicks up? So they're out there trolling so that they can see they just it's not necessarily that they want to cheat because when this guy was in my house he didn't make the moves on me he was like scared to death he was shaking he was sitting on the other side of the couch trembling he was freaking out so i knew that was like one of my one of the hints and of course i didn't make the moves on him i don't have a penis so i'm not going to pursue him but the fact that he just was trying to see he was just pushing things to see because he lacked self-confidence in himself, and maybe he wondered if my marriage didn't work out and I were out there in a dating world, would I be successful? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, what could I get? What am I still able to get at this point in my life, in my 40s, in my 50s? So I think it's like a validation. It's uh, men putting themselves out there to see what, kind of like a fishing pole. What can I fish? What can I get out there? And, and uh, brought up too, the, the thing about men also in marriage is they're not willing to work on their marriage. 
So they're putting mm-hmm. forth the effort in, in, in the opposite direction instead of focusing it on their wife and making their, their marriages better because marriages take work. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and and that's the other thing I wanted to say, that she's absolutely right about that. In psychology, what she's talking about is the Adonis complex, where dudes get this little thing of, am I still beautiful in, in a man type of way? But uh, also, to her friend's point uh, on the panel, is that you, you got these individuals who they are... Have you noticed, like, some dudes uh, who are very confident, they they structure their lives in such a way. They're not perfect at it. They mess up, too. But they have better outcomes because they kind of nurture their situation, whether it be the wife, the house, the children, whatever the case may be. Hey, sweetheart, I'm going to put you in a position where you can have a trainer so you can have that dunk-a-dunk that I like or, you know, whatever the case may be. A lot of guys are not that calculated as they should be, and like she said, they're not that confident. So they run into this thing of an Adonis complex where they're always looking for strangers to remind them that they're beautiful, mm-hmm. just like some women do on an insecure level. Mm-hmm. I agree yeah. with that. That makes a lot of sense. Definitely makes a lot of sense. Okay. All right. I mean, so there are some guys who need that validation, and I guess um, essentially is that form of a fluffer. It doesn't necessarily have to be sex, um, but just something to validate that they still have it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But all right, let me ask uh, Ray. Let me let me go to you for this next question, Ray. If if you're going out with someone and you just don't have that chemistry up front. Do you continue to date someone you have no chemistry with and hope that it will someday happen? Or do you just say, you know what, forget it and bail after the first date? I mean, should chemistry be immediate? Uh, well, I think it, uh, chemistry can grow. But, I mean, you should have some things in common. But it's certain things that are deal breakers. I mean, when you try to have a conversation with the person that you're dating and, you know, the conversation is not going in the right direction. What I mean is they're talking about exes, undesirable things, things they used to do and who they used to be, and it's all a negative. That's something you may not want to be associated with. Like the one say, yeah, well, you know, um, you might say you're a beautiful lady while you're single. Oh, well, I had a boyfriend, but, you know, he was, you know, a killer or a drug dealer or he's got cases and he on, you know, he's going to trial next month and all this and that. That's something you don't want to deal with. So right off the top, you know what she about, know if she's about something serious or if she basically just just a, um, a car hopper. You know, a girl that goes around looking for guys with nice cars and whatnot. And, you know, you don't want nobody like that because her history is not going to be good. And they're going back to the bad bitch thing. A lot of chicks think because, oh, you know, they used to dating people that have a little bit of money. Okay, but do you have your own check? You don't have your own check. You know, there's no use in putting time in it. So... I would say, um, no, you don't have to have immediate chemistry, but at the same time, it it can grow, you know. 
I think it does grow as you learn more and more about the individual. So I mm-hmm. think, you know, unless it was just terrible the first date, you know, you should always give it another date. Okay. Miss Manhood, I throw the question to your crew. I think the way you described it was, um, what was it? Uh, how did you say it? Passion with patience? Passion or? versus patience. Yeah. Passion versus patience. We, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. We've been talking about this since eight o'clock. This has been the the question of the last few hours, sure. and we are all we're we're all torn on this. We all have different ideas on this. My my idea is that my vagina decides this, and so on the first date, it's in fifteen seconds. My vagina says no. It's a no. It, it it's just that plain and simple. I. <laughs> You know, I can't, my, my head cannot convince my vagina any different. It just, it, they, they, they're not going to have an argument. It's just everyone's going to either say yes or no. Sometimes my head is saying, you know what, on paper, this guy is great. He's everything that I'm looking for. And my vagina is screaming at my head saying, what the hell are you thinking? You cannot be with this guy. So, you know, my, my my head, my heart, and my vagina all have to come into agreement on this. And on the first date, that's a lot of body parts. Yes, it's a lot. It's it's a lot of uh, a lot of um, of meetings there. A lot, a lot of people at a meeting. But <laughs> but but the th- the thing is that uh, maybe that's why I only have first dates. <laughs> Never. Never make it a second date because my my friends think I'm too harsh. So here they're gonna they're gonna share their their insight on this. Okay. That um, it's true. It was speaking. Go out. You have a lot of XP. I have to. Um, okay. You have a you have high expectations. You know when you go on a first date, you want. And I also think it depends on how you meet. If you meet online, if you a blind date, or if you meet organically. Usually, if you meet organically, then there's already some something. That's how I met my boyfriend. You know, there, there was already, like, chemistry. So it wasn't like we met and we kind of had to work at it or figure it out. It was like we just met and everyone agreed. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I also think that, um, you know, everyone wants to have that feeling like those butterflies or that chemistry. But if you don't and you're just like, no, I don't want to, go out again, I, I think that sometimes when you're like, well, maybe maybe give it another chance because you could miss out on a great opportunity and maybe they weren't having a great night, maybe something happened at work, maybe blah, 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 you know, they had some, you know, you just never know. Everyone's um, chemistry is different on different days, too. I mean, there are some days where I want to strangle my boyfriend. I mean, not very often, but you know what I mean, or, or my ex-husband, you know, like being in a bad mood sometimes, you may not be, but then you may see them again, and you're like, wow, well, I don't know. I think it's always good to give it that a makes sense. couple of tries. Yeah. Okay. Ah. And, um, <laughs> and I, I think that for the most part, um, you know, that it is something you want to happen immediately. I, I think I don't think it always will. Like Ray said, it has to be something uh, that makes you want to come back. But 
it helps if you have that type of spark immediately. And I mean, because you don't want to date someone three, four times and it never arrives. And you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm still looking at this person as a relative. I'm still not looking at you seriously. I still don't have a desire to just jump you right now. I mean, I I think that you, you have to have something that makes you just want to be around that person, some type of magnetism and if it's not there from the jump, then I understand if someone doesn't want to give it a second try. I guess you take a chance of missing out if you don't give a second try, but it's hard to disagree with the fact that, okay, maybe I should just not waste my time and just move on to the next one who may be more appealing. Here's why I think other cultures are beating us at this love game and why their children are growing up in more stable scenarios because – what we're looking for is controlled love. We want to take the Cupid and and tie his wings down and, and point his bow at the one we want him to point at and hope that comes to be. I saw an Asian lady the other day with a Pakistani dude. That's very uncommon. And I, I don't know whether it's, he was appealing or anything of that nature. All I do know is that they're working on something greater than just wanting to bust a nut. And the other thing is that you have people that you are sexually attracted to, you can't stand their guts. So that theory can't be working either. Let me leave you with this last little thing that I had at a speaking engagement in Atlanta. I said, isn't it funny how you take an Asian woman who grows up in, let's say, Vietnam during the war, and she sees this uh, military Guy, she don't even like this guy. She don't like how he looked or anything. But she quickly identifies benefits, security. I'm going to be underneath a great umbrella, and I can develop him. And he's not necessarily looking at her like she's not going to age well as a Vietnamese woman. He's looking at, you know what, she's sweet. She plays this game, even if she's maybe not sincere. So... If a woman will sit up here and view a guy like that, why do most American women get pregnant by dudes that don't even have a dental plan for themselves? Because they want to bust a nut. That's right. That's right. All right. Let me, uh, I like that. Let me go to the 601 area code, the Magnolia State of Mississippi. And bring on my man Eminem. Eminem, what's happening? Hey, what a cute, what a radio world. Not it's much, not man. Real. And <laughs> Eminem, <laughs> uh, I mean, do you continue to date someone if you have no chemistry on the first date, you know, and, and hope that things will get better, that you'll grow, that um, at some point there will be some passion there? Or do you jump ship? Um, well, it depends on what perspective is coming from. I mean, all that chemistry stuff is usually from the female perspective. You know, with the guy's perspective, if it ain't no chemistry, well, you know, if that's all you got to bang on, you just hang around till you, you know, you, till you conquer your next, uh, you know, your next prey. So you conquer your next prey, you move on. You know what I'm saying? But you can't walk around here, you know, like Tiger Woods. They said that Joe was jacking off like 18 times a day and shit. I'm like, that's amazing. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah. You know. Damn. <laughs> so, that's you know, better than he's been playing 18 rounds of golf. 
Right. Because right. I'm sitting up here You're like, late. That's, why back, that's why it's back out. Yeah, because I'm sitting up here like, you know, I'm like, no, nah, bump that shit, man. You know, it's just like. That's probably affecting you know? his swing. You know, he doesn't grip the club right. Yeah, yeah. Nigga done fell in love with his right hand. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, but 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 you know what? A quick a quick side note: When Tiger was at Stanford and he was dating that black chick, the black chick was better for him because the black chick was keeping him in line and checking some of his behavior. And again, that's the problem with some dudes. Some dudes don't want to sit up in there, kind of like uh, the lady said. They don't want to sit up in there and develop that situation. Maybe it's you sometime as a dude. Maybe it's you sometime as a woman. So Tiger got rid of that chick. And just offed all black chicks. I don't want no black chick. I don't want no black chick. And who did you worse? The white Swedish chick who was forced forced into a marriage by her father because she never even wanted to marry the dude. So, you know, look at that. I don't know about all that. I just know that he's choking up on his shaft a little much when he swings now. <laughs> but, but now it all makes sense. <laughs> now it all makes sense. So you just you know you you you, you, you know you you bang what you got till you move on to the next one, but you know but if it's something more serious like I say you know depend on what a person looking for and uh, uh you know most of the times in America you know we we so free willed and free spirited you know it's like we don't have to think you know I I used to always kind of put foreigners up on a pedestal but I kind of slowed down on that because I'm sitting up here like well you know we ain't got shit to prove here so. It's harder to, it's harder for anybody. It's harder for a dude to say, well, you know, this girl that's built like a stripper that's done dated like ten drug dealers, but she's still the baddest chick. It's harder to pass all that up for the, you know, the the girl that's got, you know, uh, looking like Pippi Longstock and you know playing the piano at church and stuff and you know she's gonna be a good woman but man shit you know in a foreign it's country you know, it's easy to keep your head you know what i'm saying but in america it's just like where you know if you fuck up you you know with a woman they fuck up they still got welfare they still got medicaid um same way with the dudes you know you know worst case scenario even if you go to jail you're gonna get three meals a day it ain't like you're in russia and you come out you know you go in 200 pounds, you come out maybe 110 or something like that. So uh, I think uh, I think this capitalist bullshit just made it harder on relationships. But now I will tell you this. There's one way to totally solve any relationship issue in in America. And uh, I know Miss Manhood has been a while since you've been with us, but uh, I don't know if I introduced Bill 1313 when you was on here. Uh pretty frequent but if you've never heard of it bill 1313 is the legalization of prostitution is the ultimate solution <laughs> to every relationship problem in america it's the it turns on a filter and everything is filtrated you go into three categories you're either going to be a john you're going to be a hooker or you're going to be somebody who's ready for a great relationship now the people in that last column you got women who ain't about money you got guys who ain't about ass, and now you got a better class of people that do engage in a relationship because they're ready for the shit, and everybody else just can enjoy each other physically and be done with the shit. You know, of course, with a little finance. What do we get for $10? Everything you want. Everything, everything.
All right. <laughs> so, uh, Daddy Rich, let me ask you this, man, and then I'll go back to Miss Manhattan. This will be the last last question on the t- on the relationship topics. Um, what is your best tip for spicing up a relationship and uh, or a marriage? You know, and, and keeping it spicy. I mean, we're talking about just you know married people wanting fluffers and. Uh, chemistry and things of that nature. So what can a person do to spice it up? Man, this is what I would do. And this is what I, I usually do. Take them, take them somewhere they ain't been, have them out for a good dinner, you know, then take them back, rub them down, do them good, you know what I'm saying? That's the way I do it, you know what I mean? Me and my old lady, we go find a place we've never been and, uh, do things we never did before. You heard me? And uh <laughs> make it happen. You know, each time you do it, do something different. You heard, you know, we go here and do this. We might go here and do that. You know what I mean? You might do something at home that you're used to. That's the way you do this. But then when you go here, okay, well, this is new. Let's do this right here. Let's try this. So you do something new, you know what I'm saying, to make it different and exciting that possibly make everything more pleasurable to to the person. It's just, just I guess it's about okay. the person at that point. But, you know, that's how we do. Okay. Miss right. Manhood, ABC crew, what do you think? No, I've been married. I just had my, how many years? I think it was, I had my 23rd anniversary this past Saturday. Wow. Congratulations. And he, thank you. He is correct. You have to be imaginative because the day in, day out, of 23 years of being in the same bed can get to most people. You have to be imaginative. You have to make the effort. You have to be creative. But if it's a solid relationship, it shouldn't take that much work. The worst thing I hear about my single friends is like, oh, relationships take work, marriages take work. Right, all honesty, right. If it takes a lot of work, in my opinion, you married the wrong one. Just get out. It's the wrong. It doesn't take that much work. We like. I agree. We like to watch TV. We like to hang out. We like to talk. We like to. We have like boring errands like Publix and Bed Bath and Beyond. We have fun things like dinner and drinks. And if it takes that much work, I'd move on to the next one because life is short, and um, we all want pleasure and happiness and smiles. And it shouldn't take, it's not a painful endeavor to be happy and enjoy your life. If you're healthy and you don't have, you're not living like in a tent somewhere, you're not suffering from a terminal disease, life isn't that hard. If you can't find pleasure with your spouse, um, with a little bit of creativity, then it's probably not the right person. And move on. I agree. Ms. Manhood, you have something to add? Well, I definitely have no relationship experience since, jeez, uh, in this decade. But um, I can talk about dates being a lot of work. And if dating starts to feel like it is a chore or a second job, then maybe it's time to stop dating for a while. I know we're all wrapped up on trying to find that perfect person and Internet dating, a lot of people, that's, that's what everyone is, is doing now. 
but it starts to feel like you are arriving for job interviews and everybody's interviewing everybody and we've lost the joy of getting to know someone. It starts to be where it's the same questions over and over again. Oh, where did you grow up? Uh, you know, what do you like what what do you like to do on the weekends? What are some of your hobbies? Are do you have family in the area? And you know, it's the same questions and getting the, that same process of getting to know people, first date after first date. If you've seen that movie, Fifty First Date, that's that's my life. And when it starts to feel like a chore that, you know, it's a nightmare, this idea of it's laborious to put on makeup, get dressed up after work and get back out there and meet this new person out there and start the process over and over and over every single day, it's, it's time to stop the process. Um, you know, I, it's, yeah, it's constantly being on. And I think it's okay to take a dating hiatus. Um, the internet may not be the the place for everybody to meet mm-hmm. somebody. I know there are a lot of people out there. The one in five people on Match meet people in uh, eHarmony. Everyone's freaking getting married. You know, you hear all these oh so and so met their you know met met their spouse on JDay. Oh, on Match.com, Christian Mingle. They met on our time. Whatever the case might be, it's not it's not the case for everyone and. You know, it's 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 not a horrible fate if someone ends up alone, as me, being 45 um, with a cat. It could be my fate that I end up alone. And you know what? I have great friends around me, and uh, and and I have a good life. And it wouldn't it wouldn't be horrible. What would be horrible is to continue dating the way that I've been dating. And so sometimes I think it's okay to jump off the merry-go-round and say, hey, this isn't working for me. Um, or, uh, yeah. You should be happy with your situation because you control it. Exactly. You understand what I'm saying? You control what you want when you want it. And, right. you know, it's like when I was like that, it was, it was uh, comfortable. I was comfortable. Uh, when you get into a relationship, you're compromised, you know, with That's your... True. Your uh, your inner stuff, you know, things you don't want right. other people messing with, and you've got a good situation. Even though you're 45, I'm 45 too. You know, you uh, can control what you want, how you want it, when you want it. Yeah, it's like Burger King over here. I have my way. <laughs> there you <That's> go. Right. <laughs> yeah, but let me tell you something. You being 45 and a male and me being 45 and a female, we're talking apples and oranges here. Two totally different things in the dating world. At 45, especially in South Florida, uh, it's uh, it's, it's a difficult thing to be. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, I'm in Tennessee, but, you know, I don't look 45, but, you know, I can imagine, you know, it would be tough in, in South Florida. It's tough in Pensacola, yeah. too. I mean, it, anywhere in Florida, really. I mean, I'm 44, and, I mean, it, it, it's tough out there. And, you know, they, it's, you get, but, you know, you have to have standards. And I think that's what uh, this man who was talking about earlier, you know, sometimes you'd rather be single and, have, and, and, and just shoot for, you know, aim high instead of just settling. 
because sometimes you know in the previous you know if you were in a previous relationship and it didn't work out it almost you know if it didn't work out maybe because you settled for the wrong one and you know what you like so if you know what you like and you know like this manager said right off the right off the bat that it ain't going to work then it don't need to go further than the first date what that does it keeps you from going through all the all the bullshit and the stress and everything else that would have happened if you did have a second or third or fourth date. So if it didn't work out on the first date, so be it. There's no love lost there. So it's just better to move on and then just you know get somebody else. Uh, guys, those of you you said you're 44, 45. I'm you know we're sitting here and we're just curious. How old are the women that you generally date? Who me? Typically. Yeah. I like them older, so I like uh, I like them. The one I'm with now, she is 52, so I, I like them around five, five to ten years older, actually. So. <laughs> well, that is that is so not the South Florida scene, but it sure is refreshing to hear that. Yeah, Florida Florida is like California, uh, and and some somewhat like Atlanta because it's it's a it's a it's somewhat of a shallow thing, you know, because, you yeah, know, like here, like here in California, you know, everybody running, working out, whatever the case may be, as opposed to, let's say, in, in Atlanta, where everybody is shining on cars and clothes. So, you know, when, when you got those type of things go, going at the scene, and I, I kind of feel sad for our community because I'm big on family. I'm big on the next generation, and I volunteer a lot. So I'm seeing a lot of the after effects of these hookup-type mentalities that the urban community have. Not that it's right or wrong. It's just that, you know, I see it. And, and working in medical, I see people when they get past 65, 70, they have all these regrets of the people they let get away. And you know what I'm saying? So I think it's cute for people to be, you know, maybe it's not meant for me, and I'm not saying about anything anybody personally. I'm just saying the the, the thought process. But I just feel sad that a lot of these other cultures, unhappy as some some of them may be, they're working it out for the greater glory of the kids and the greater glory of stability. And you know, none of it's perfect, but I just don't see how this going from person to person single thing is actually benefiting people because they're, you know, it's, you know, I, I just don't see it, but to you stay on. Okay. All right. Well, um, let's see. Miss Manhood and to you and the ABC crew, uh, I appreciate you all coming on. It's always a lot of fun, and uh, I'm gonna have to do a podcast with you all one day when it's just just us, and I can just fire some rapid fire questions at you all. We'll have to do that sometime in the future, but uh, we're we're not gonna wait another ten months next time. Yeah. <laughs> Too much fun. Too much fun. Come down and visit us. <laughs> Yeah, no I, doubt, we I, will. I have never been to South Florida. Um, I've only oh, been as far as Orlando, so I would definitely love to get to South Florida some at some point. Oh, it's a but, uh, 
I am not drinking with you all because you all will probably have me in the hospital. So I'll be the designated driver. How about that? Ah, oh, sounds good. We need one of those. Much better than Uber. <laughs> so, but um, any of you all have any final thoughts, um, ladies? Oh, we have lots of final thoughts. We'll just oh we'll save them for another another night. <laughs> Okay, and um, and also Miss Manhood, you heard the um, the little promo I had at the beginning of the show for that book Heartbound. You know, you're gonna have to get with me and do a little promo for um, Six Months of Manhood. Oh uh, yeah, and also the next book that I'm working on. I didn't know there was a next book. You care to spill some secrets? Well, I'm writing a book of stories that uh, have to do with my dating experiences on J-Date, which is a Jewish dating site. Mm -hmm. So uh, being that I'm in South Florida, I think a lot of South Floridians will relate to it, and also nationwide. Anyone can really relate to it. One chapter, for example, is called Menage Ma, because on the first date, this Jewish guy decided to bring his mother along. So... Hold on, someone on a first date brought his mom? Brought his mother along, yes. And they, it was like a menage a ma because the two of them were having a uh, very interesting relationship. They were feeding each other with a fork and oh, no, asking see. me if, you were being if I wanted to join in. And You're I on camera somewhere. Fork in there. You're on YouTube wow. somewhere. Right. Ray, what would you do if you went out on a first date and she had her mom with her, man? <laughs> man, some if she paying, it's cool. Some of those Jewish, <laughs> some of those Jewish brothers. I mean, they 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 mothers really control them. I don't, I've never heard it like I never heard it like that. But I've known some of these Jewish mothers. They control their sons. Like wow. Oh man. Ooh, I don't know about that. Mm. I don't know about that one. <laughs> I, I would have been calling that Uber well. immediately and getting my food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh-uh. That's just weird. And then they're feeding each other. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That's just, <laughs> that's just some weird, uh No, that's not like a Kevin Spacey it was, movie. It was a true menage ma. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right, well, I'm interested in seeing the book when it comes out, but definitely keep me posted on what's going on with it. So, But, All ladies, right. it's been a lot of fun. Be careful driving home for those who have to travel. And uh, I I will definitely be in touch with you, Miss Manhood. You know, I try not to let you get too far away from me. All right, sounds good. We'll be in touch. All right, Thank thanks, ladies. Thank you for having care. us on the show. All right. Bye. 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 <laughs> All right. Three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number. Um, I wanted to get into. Uh, after looking at photos of Bobby Christina Brown's funeral this past week. I saw people wearing short pants, sneakers, and stuff that looked like they were going to the mall more so than going to a funeral. 
And so, Ray, I'm going to go with you, man. Maybe I'm just making too much out of this. So uh, is it disrespectful, in your opinion, to not dress up for a funeral? Nah, man. I mean, at least where I'm from, man, we roll a little different. I know down south, man, you know, you kind of trip on, you know, not wearing a suit and stuff like that. But, you know, if if you're getting off work, <laughs> you come through it in your work uniform and your boots and, you know, and if you, you know, have something else to do or you go coming from somewhere or everybody can't dress up and put a suit on because, you know, they may be at college classes or whatever the case may be, and it's not disrespectful for what you have on. You know, as long as it's not revealing or, you know, or represent something that's disrespectful to other people, it's not a problem. I mean, you know, I think... Now, it, it, it should be a situation to where you can explain it. If you can't explain it, then there is no reason why you can't do it. Like, you ask people, oh, why you wear a suit to church? Well, you're supposed to come in your desk. Well, what, what in the world does that mean? God is not going to turn anybody away. So, you know, a guy got on $300 shoes, that might be his best or how he want to come. That has nothing to do with how he worships or anything like that. So if a person want to come to a funeral wearing whatever they want to wear, it shouldn't be a problem. You know what I'm okay. saying? As long as it's not revealing or disrespecting nobody. You come with a Confederate flag jacket or something to, you know, an all-black funeral, you know, you create the ruckus. So, you know, as long as it's nothing like that, it's not a problem. Okay. Daddy Rich, how you feel about it, man? Run it by me again. I'm on the crown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, should people dress up for funerals? Is it disrespectful to show up at a funeral in some, you know, short pants and sneakers? Oh, man, no, Q. You know, we're down south. You know, we go to funerals any old way, man. It's God has no he, – he doesn't care about how you dress. You know, you're showing your respects, just like the man just said, man. You know, you get off work and you're in your work boots, man, and you show up at the funeral, man. Nobody's gonna, ain't nobody gonna say nothing, you know. And I, I think that it's it's okay, you know. You come as you are, man, as long as you're showing respect, because that's what you're doing. Okay, but well, you know, back in the day. You know, everybody dressed in the nine when it came to a funeral. I mean, um, but in today's time, I mean, you you also have to look at this like uh, look at this 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 way too. Because I had a friend of mine that died years ago, and she actually requested everybody not dress up. She asked she actually asked everybody to dress in jeans. Right, I get that if, they, and if it's requested. And things of that and things of that nature. So it would be sometimes you know, you got to look at it like this. It's already a you know it's already a somber moment as it is. She figured if you dressed in normal clothes, that everybody would be a little bit more comfortable, and it wouldn't be as sad, so to speak. Um, and and, and it, it was loose. It was loose. You know, being you know being in a different type of attire, and but it was actually you know it was kind of cheerful. It was one of the very one of the very rare things that ever happened. 
you know, going to a funeral and actually being cheerful and not not being as sad, even though it was a sad time. Um, but I mean, in today's time, I mean, we're in the 21st century now, so I mean, people now, I mean, I don't see a problem with it. I mean, you can dress in a suit if you want, or you can just dress, you know, be casual, or you know, depending on where you are. I know down in in Pensacola, man, it's no telling what you may see at a funeral, but I mean, it's just uh. You know, people just hang loose these days. You know, you don't even you even see that in the workplace, but it it just doesn't matter that much anymore what you wear when you go to a funeral. Just as long as you're paying your respects, I see it's, it's, it should be fine. I mean, and I get what you all are saying. I guess this is my, my stance on it because um, I feel like you should dress up. Uh, now, I don't mind if you're coming from work. You know, if I see someone walking up and they got a McDonald's outfit on, I don't care. That means they thought enough to either come on their lunch break or they had to rush right after work to to come to the funeral. I get that. The short pants, sneakers type thing, I, I mean, I don't know because it's like I get it that it's like come as you are, but people have pushed that too far. All right, because now it just means we don't even try anymore because it's not about the church necessarily for the funeral. It's not about the person who died. It's about their family. You know, and it's like, how? I just don't know. I wouldn't be comfortable going in front of someone's family to pay my last respect, and I look like I'm going to free, you know, going to the club. You know, I I just wouldn't be comfortable with that, and and I I I'm in the minority, of course, but I don't think it's anything casual about paying respects to someone who died. All right, because obviously the person means something if you're there in the first place. All right. And so if you've ever bought an outfit to go out to the club or bought an outfit to go out for your birthday and then you show up at someone's funeral look like you're going to Walmart, I just think it's disrespectful. <laughs> I really do. I mean, now I don't think anyone would say anything. I've been in funerals before. I saw um, a, a kid look like he was about 14 or 15 years old that had some Beats by Dre. You know, he's, he's wearing his Beats by Dre going up to look at the body. And, wow, that is disrespectful. And no one is saying anything, but that's that's the point we've gotten to. It's like we keep pushing the envelope. At one point, it became jeans. All right, then all of a sudden, became sneakers and t-shirts. After a while, you're gonna have folks showing up with you know wife beaters and Crocs <laughs> at the funeral because we keep saying it's no big deal. We'll allow this. And if you give someone a rope, they're gonna they want to be a cowboy. You give them an inch, they're gonna take a mile. So, I don't like it personally. Niggas, that is I, niggas, because yeah. white folks they don't do that shit. They they don't, they don't do it. They go white folks. If you go to white folks' funeral, all of them got on them tight ass suits. All of them, mm. guarantee it. You go, but you come down south and you go to black folks' funeral, man. You know you got niggas that just like a came family reunion. They've been drinking, you know what I'm saying? They've been drinking and, and working Smoking all weed. night. Smoking <laughs> yeah. weed. <laughs> yeah. I went to my grandfather's funeral back on my dad's side back in 86, and I was much younger then. And the day before the funeral, these rascals got, they said, hey, we're going to call, we don't care, you over to the hotel. Needed some of my family I hadn't met yet. These jokers got so drunk and so high. They got me high from contact high. And I'm like, this is supposed to be a funeral. My dad and his brothers were back at the home house. 
they slapping cards on the table, almost slapping their hands through the table. I'm going like, is this a funeral or is this going to be a family reunion? Now, of course, on the day of the funeral, it was different. But the funeral, I was there back drinking and smoking weed. It was the most bizarre and confusing thing I had ever seen. So my mom said, it just don't happen that way. Yeah. But I was like, I mean, it was it was almost like a family reunion because there was there, there was enough weed. There must have been like ten pounds of weed there. I was like, "What the hell?" You know, and I was young then, so I didn't know what the hell all that shit was and the alcohol and you know they were showing each you know they were buying and showing each other what they were buying and all this kind of shit. <laughs> you know, start off shotguns and everything. I was like, "Now to swap me too?" It was just stupid to me, and I, mean, I was like. And see, I think, and then you got to take the good with the bad, because I've been, I've also been to funerals where I've seen guys wear suits, but the suits are so loud and bright that they look like they just stepped out of an Outcast video, you know. Exactly. I saw a dude, man. This dude had a bow tie so big, he like he had a steering wheel coming around his neck coming down the aisle. <laughs> Damn. You know, but he Damn. was wearing a suit. He was wearing uh, yeah. a suit. It just he happened to be. He the effort. Yeah, it was yeah. a Cab Calloway type of zoot suit type thing. <laughs> you know, I'm serious. Dude was coming down the aisle. I could hear the music. Hi there, hi there, hi there, hi. I mean. <laughs> turn that shit down. So it's, it's, a, it's, I understand that, you know, you can still wear a suit and it's still not, you're not going to please everybody is what I'm trying to say. However, I would appre- I can appreciate someone who makes the effort to say this person meant enough to, for me that I actually took time to iron something to look my best to come see them, just like I would to go to a club or to go celebrate a birthday dinner or something like that. You know, I just I, I just take funerals a little more seriously, I guess, than maybe some people do. And like I said, I guess I'm in the, I'm in the minority, and I and that's and, and I get that. I mean. I don't think I would complain if someone showed up at a funeral wearing some short pants or, or something like that because you want them to come. But it, it just gets too far. Like I said, you got Beast by Dre on your head and stuff like that, and now you're going to have folks you know, walking down the aisle texting to go view the body. It's, it's going to get too far because <laughs> yeah. we allow it to happen. I take pictures with the phone yeah. once, you get, once you view the body. But, I you know, but, you know, the, the other day on, on Facebook of someone that took a selfie at a funeral with the body. Yeah, I've seen it before. It's, it's, and, man, the the people, you know, the family should, should grab, man, that's that's just terrible. You know, that's, that's disrespect. That, that yeah. is. It's, it's yeah. ridiculous. Because there everyone, should be no cell phones at a funeral. No cell phones, yeah. period. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, people are focus focusing on the church, and they're focusing on the dead person, but it's the family that you have to deal with. That's that's who is going to feel disrespect. That person's dead. He don't know what you're doing. You could be pissing on the grave. He doesn't know, right? right. It's the family that has to see all of this, and mm-hmm. you know, so you don't know what type of way they're going to feel when they see somebody showing up, and, and you just look like you, you know, came from a sleepover. Well, you know, if you if you got to go to work that day, and you have to prepare, and, and I understand what you're saying. I know if I'm going to a funeral and I know I'm I'm gonna leave work, I'm gonna you know, and I'm and I I normally dress down, you know, depending on what you know, or wear a uniform for work. That particular day, I probably won't wear a uniform. I probably wear a little bit more dress, dress it just because it is a funeral. So, 
I mean, you do have options, or at least bring clothes you can change into to go to the funeral. You do have options, but, I mean, a lot of people down here in Pensacola, they don't. I mean, I've been to some funerals here, and these rascals, and they're already in Crocs and shorts oh, yeah. and everything Florida, else. I, yeah, I can imagine <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, they, they in Hawaiian shirts and, yeah. I mean, and, you know, and border shorts and crap. And I'm like, golly, I'm going, you're supposed to be in a funeral. And, I mean, there ain't no suits. There ain't no suits on these hot days. They in shorts and, and I mean, I, I might be in a suit and I'd be sitting up there burning my ass up, but these other drivers in shorts and Crocs and everything else, and they comfortable. They're ready for the cookout afterwards. So I mean, right, right. Yeah, they, eat. they won't eat. They're ready to eat. It's, they're just like, eat. it's just like what Daddy Rich said, though. I mean, when you look at different cultures, uh, for the most part, you know, you might see white people in the suits. You're gonna see Asians. Uh, well. For the most part, it appears that Asians really take theirs seriously because they got certain rituals and stuff. Indian, I get that and everything, but but when it comes to us or whatever, we gonna take that shortcut if you give it to us. Because like you said, all we want to do is eat after the funeral anyway. Well, it ain't well, always a shortcut. I, I can say, say I, never, I always dressed up for every funeral I've ever been to. I've never gone to a funeral just as was. You know, I always took pride in what I was doing when I went there for respect. I will say that, sure. but I have seen, you know, it's a lot of people that don't. But I will say I did. I always have. Yeah, because, I mean, you walking over, you view the body, and then you walking over to shake the family's hands, and, you know, you wearing some Crocs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, with your cut-off jeans, and, man, I don't know, man. I just think that's disrespectful. I really do. It is. It is. So, all right. Um I am off until Tuesday, August the 25th, and, yeah, I know it's a pretty long time. However, when you're a one-man show, you got to take time to recharge your battery a bit. Now, the two full weeks off will give me a chance to relax my mind and get my DVR cleaned up before football season starts uh, because my fall season is always busy because of football. Now, I'm the PA announcer for a local high school football team on Friday nights, and this year they have seven freaking home games. So I'll be busy. And now you have the NFL on Thursday nights, and now, like I said, I have the high school football on Friday, college on Saturday, and the NFL on Sunday and Monday, and then I got my show on Tuesday and Wednesday. So that's every day of the week covered from September until mid-November when high school football ends and I get my Friday nights back. So I'm going to be like, strapped seven days a week for the next like two and a half months however when t2q returns on the 25th we'll be talking about an interesting topic can cheating save your marriage all right so i'm gonna give you 20 days to think about that one coming up on the talk to q radio show no experts just opinions we will get final thoughts and again i want to talk a little bit um talk some some sports after uh after the the part of the show but uh we'll get final thoughts and uh daddy rich i'll start with you man final thoughts is man the lady that uh 45 that chose to control her situation that's the way to go nowadays man marriages are it's 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 not good man i mean these people are getting married, and it's hot, hot second, and it's over because they are tired of the situation. People have ADD with uh, marriage and family nowadays. Uh, family's not a big thing in America. 
so you have a lot of single moms and a lot of guys paying child support, which helps the government with their money. I don't see how they're owing stuff. But anyway, you know, also I want to give a big shout-out to my girl, Woji, man, the Detroit man, South Warren. She was mm-hmm. on Detroit Unplugged tonight, you know what I mean? She's uh, okay. doing big things. She's uh, doing uh, a collaboration with Daddy Rich. Uh, we replaced uh, the girl on uh, Drinking Smoke with Woji, and I got some future stuff going on with Woji. We're just waiting to get uh, the Drinking Smoke done so we can get back out there and do things. And Q, I'm going to send it to you as soon as we get it done. I look forward and, uh, to hearing it. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, I want you to get Woji on here, man. Girl's tight, man. Little nerdy white girl, man. Can flow. Uh, 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 look, a girl M&M, no doubt, man. Trust me. Okay, okay. Tell her to add me on Facebook if she's on here. I got you. I got you. All right. All right, man. I appreciate that. And man, I love the show, man. And I appreciate you having me on, man. And when you when you're back, I'll come back, do my thing. All right, I appreciate it, man. It's always good to get you in. All right, Buck. Great show. Glad to have Miss Manhood back and her crew. It was uh, always good to hear the ladies talk. And we had to we got to plan a trip down to South Florida and show how we do show them how we do it. Uh, it's been you know it's shows been doing doing so well and the topics that we've been going through have been excellent and uh, it's just it's phenomenal. And um, I know once we get recharged and come back, NFL be wide open, college be wide open, be a lot of other things going on with boxing and NASCAR and everything else. So we're going to have a whole lot of stuff to go on, you know, once we get, take the two-week break. And uh, it's going to be pretty It's going to be pretty dang good. But keep it short, sure. sweet, complete tonight. And I'm glad we uh, – had everybody that was on and had had the views that we expressed tonight. Everybody have a great night. Thank you, sir. Ray? Yeah, um, you know, uh, interesting show. You know, everybody had different uh, thoughts and perspectives on, you know, the show itself and the topic in questions. But, you know, I think a lot of it is when you date is what do you expect to get out of it? Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you want to be a dater where you're just going after hoes, then you stay in, in that whole category. But if you want to find you a lady that's down to earth and sincere, I never feed into that bad bitch shit and everything because if you feel like you can only do certain things. I can want to do anything. We can get a hamburger. We can get French fries, or we can go to somewhere they got steak and lobster. You know, if you got somebody, oh, they can only go out if you do this. And every time you take them out, you got to spend two hundred dollars. Now I'm gonna leave you where you hmm. found you. I can't let the next man take you. Hmm. You know, and the problem with a lot of these guys are. Oh, that's why, I like, when the brother come on. I think Cousin Q is today. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's deep, man. He got a lot of, lot of good things to say. And I think there's a lot of guys out here. If they leave these chicks alone and stop being thirsty, they cut some of this stuff out. You know, a lot of guys that tolerate being talked too long. 
being mistreated. Oh, she fine. Oh, she this. Oh, she that. Leave her where she at. You know, just like I see a bad chick walking down the street. If she thinks she all that, I'm not going to even turn around. I'm not going to give her that satisfaction. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's the mentality you got to have. But, you know, it's a, it's a good show. You know, I just think, you know, ladies, I can understand half of what some of them are saying because, you know, they need to sober up before they get on the radio. That's just real. <laughs> but you know, all love is cool. But, you know, you mean, I'm going to tell like this. Yes, I can't help but be no other way. But a great show. Look forward to some zone coverage. All right. I appreciate that, Ray. And quick question. I threw this question out to the T2Q group and, they had a photo, so you all don't get the benefit of the photo. But I'm a, uh, and, and let's see. And Daddy Rich, I'll start with you first, man. If you had to take financial advice from two people off this list, and here's the list: Jay Z, Master P, Russell Simmons, Dr. Dre, and Diddy. Which two would you take the advice from? Jay Z, Master Russell P, Simmons, and Diddy. No hesitation, huh? No hesitation. I've talked to Russell Simmons before. He's come to Knoxville, and I had I had the honor of being able to talk to him and sit down <clears throat> with the one on one. And that guy, man, is he's out of this world, man. He's awesome. And okay. Diddy is awesome, also, man. He, there, those guys are. <laughs> the top, they're the top. Jay Z's there with them, but man, those guys—they're old school, man. They—they they know the deal. Okay, all right. And Buck, what about you? Jay Z, Master P, Russell Simmons, Dr. Dre, or Diddy? Russell Simmons and Diddy. I mean, I, when we were talking about this a few weeks ago, I mentioned Russell Simmons um, as being one of the guys that I mean. What he does and how he does his how he does his business is just absolutely outstanding. Um, he's a philanthropist as well, um, and the, the thing is, is that these two guys they know what they're doing, and you know they're constantly adding to their portfolio. They're always constantly adding. They, they're, I mean, and they're they're smart with their money and how how, how they do things. And anytime you come up with a a bank card like Russell Simmons has, I mean, this is, I mean, who comes, I mean, I know it's just like a little debit card or whatnot, but the bottom line of it is, no, I mean, this is something that we, <laughs> other black people should have already come out with. And he came out with this and hit, you know, he hit things by storm. And, I mean, it, it took off. And we don't, you know, a lot of people don't think about things, things like this, but he thought about this and made it happen. So, and that's just one of several things he's done. You know, he's in the, you know, he's uh, in, into preserving the arts too. And Eminem should know that part of, of Russell Simmons. And uh, he gives back to, you know, the art societies and things of that nature. So, <clears throat> Russell Simmons and Diddy. I mean, right now, I think these are guys that, you know, these are guys who really need to kind of pay attention to, and you know, get ideas from, so you know, we could be successful as well. Okay. And Ray, who do you want, man? Jay Z, Master P, Russell Simmons, Dr. Dre, or Diddy? 
Oh, with me, I would go Jay-Z and I would go Russell Simmons, and here's the reason why. You know, I respect all the brothers on the list, but at the same time, um, you know, Master P is kind of a, is, is a hustler. You know, he has 20 small businesses. You know, most of them would be bogus, but he'd make money off of them. <laughs> you know, cell phone companies and shoes and sneakers and you know, he don't care. They make a million dollars here, two million dollars there, and it ain't nothing that's really going to sustain over a long period of time. Diddy is the richest of them all, but he's more so a hustler as well. You know, he's kind of up in your face and going forth you to, to recognize him and his brand and this and that, which I would be more receptive to being low-key with it and like Jay-Z do, go into a board meeting, shake everybody's hand and make a deal. Russell mm-hmm. Simmons is the same way. He can shake everybody's hand, talk, make a deal. It's not like, you know, you could, you're going to talk their way in there. And Dre, Dre, everything he's done, he's done off of his musical talent. I'm not even sure he's a good businessman. You know, he made it off with his musical talent. You know, they hit it with, with the beats. But at the same time, he's the only guy that could have probably been a billionaire off of music alone if he would just put the music out. You know, Last Chronic came out in 99. You know what I'm saying? I mean, was it Day After Tomorrow, whatever, the new album dropped constant or whatever, but... Mm-hmm. If he would have produced Eminem, if he would have produced 50 the way he's supposed to, Snoop Dogg, he could have made a billion dollars off music alone because he guaranteed to sell out. In today's time, he's probably going to do $3 million next week. Watch what I tell you. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just think that, you know, Jay-Z's approach, although a lot of people call him a snake and everything else, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And I think a lot of guys... Off, they come off the street and stuff, don't understand that. You know, that's why you hear guys say the bad things, but, you know, he's a good businessman. I got a lot of respect for it. Okay, okay. Just thought I'd throw that to you all and everything. So, all right, well, my thanks to Miss Manhood and the ABC crew, my show legends, callers, tweet chatters, did a good job on Twitter, and everyone else who participated in tonight's show. If you want more of these great topics off the air while we're on hiatus, then ask to join my exclusive Facebook group. Just search for T2Q on Facebook and ask for an invite. The group is private, so it's invite only. Get a heavy dose of the show topics every day in the T2Q group. You can also email your comments to me at talktoqnow at gmail.com, and I'll read them on the air. You can also request to be a guest at that email address as well. Google Talk to Q. Have a good night. Peace out. I'll talk to you all in 20 days on August the 25th. In the meantime, enjoy the podcast that I release and stay entertained. We're getting ready to get into a little zone coverage. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World?
murals, brother. But they are who we thought they were. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You play to win. Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? Foster had uh, groin surgery, a surgery on his groin. Uh, does anyone know how long he's supposed to be out? I don't think there's a timetable, but I don't expect him to be back anytime soon. He's supposed to be out six, six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks. Okay. That's not as bad as I thought. So he can be back in um, um, in October, which would be, you know, not so bad. He may only miss, uh, you know, the first four, anywhere four, five, or six games. And – He's had an issue with staying healthy, and, I mean, the guy, when he's on the field, he, he does a good job, but he just has some issues staying healthy. I mean, he's, he's kind of like Jamal Charles. He can be a really dominant back if he can stay on the field. But um, Cardinals wide receiver Michael Floyd is going to miss up to five weeks with a hand injury. Now, initially they said that he had broken three of his fingers and he would miss up to 12 weeks, but uh, – I don't think that's the case. He could be back for the start of the regular season with what they were saying. And he's expected to be the the number one guy out there, I think. I'm not sure. I mean, you know, Larry Fitzgerald's still the man, essentially. But Floyd is supposed to be taking over for Larry Fitzgerald since Fitzgerald's getting up in age. And um, so aside from that, uh, right off the top, do you all have anything you want to bring to the table? Well, I know the Steelers are looking at possibly putting San Quentin Golston on, possibly put him on season-ending uh, um, injury reserve, simply because now that we picked up uh, Borkin from the Eagles, you know mm-hmm. he's a you know veteran corner, so that you know that kind of and he's about the same size as uh, San Quentin. Um, you know you're not losing too much as far as interceptions go since we may be going to, like, a couple too tight, you know, for the cornerbacks. So I think, you know, as far as that goes, you know, they're still up in the air. They're waiting for the MRI results back to kind of see. Uh, He still has – he could still possibly play and just wait to the end of the season if he can strengthen his shoulder a little bit. But uh, he heard it, I guess, in minicamp. 
And when he came to camp, you know, he thought it would be better, but it's, it isn't. So that's the reason why he's, you know, physically unable to perform less. But uh, linebackers are looking good. Receivers looking good. We actually made a roster move today. We picked up another receiver out of Wisconsin. Um, got a strange name. Um, I can't think of that kid's name. It's Con- Conzel Rye, I think is what his last name is. R-A-I, I think is what his name is. Yeah, um, yeah so he picked him up today. But um, we already stacked the wide receiver, so I don't know why. Uh, but we do have two quarterbacks that are also playing wide receivers, so I don't know if you can count those guys twice or whatnot. But um, other than that, I mean, defense is looking good. Offense definitely looking good. So, um, you know, we just kind of – we'll see what we do on on uh, the Hall of Fame game on Sunday and see, you know, see what we do out there. We'll be the first episode see how things roll out. We need this Super Bowl this year to separate. Yeah, we do. Because yeah, Dallas we do. And, and San Francisco, they're all creeping up. We got to get away from them. Yep, we we do. We need to get that seven. And uh, long, uh, it's our division to lose. And, you know, if our defense jails, we don't score 30 points a game. So if our defense jails, look out. You know, we, we may we may stamp our ticket. But we'll, we'll see how. It's a little too early to say that just yet. But Okay. We'll see. All right. Well, um, let's see. Earl Thomas passed the physical for the Seahawks, so he's coming off the pup list. Uh, so they they get to have him back. Um, the Texans were talking to Pierre Thomas, used to play with the Saints. Uh, so uh, there's no deal with him yet. With Arian Foster being hurt, I'm not sure if that's going to change their mind on him. I, I kind of like him. Um, I would have liked Dallas. him as a possibility in Dallas, to be honest with you. Uh, but I know Dallas, the only person they've talked to um, is Chris Johnson, to my knowledge. But, How do you uh, feel about them letting go of DeMarco Murray? How do you feel about them getting getting rid of the running back that they have, um, Murray? Me, personally, I think that they should have paid him. But I don't have a problem with them letting him go. Um, if it's all in the grand scheme of trying to – maintain a certain order of business to the team. Um, one thing I, I, I think Jerry Jones has done a lot of lately, he stopped just overpaying people over the last three seasons. You notice he spent money uh, – excuse me, you notice he hasn't spent a lot of money. He's been going through the draft. The offensive line is virtually all through the draft. You know, um, you've seen Miles Austin go. You've seen DeMarcus Ware go. Uh, you're going to see Brandon <laughs> Carr go. And I think he's just trying to build it through the draft and take it a little more seriously and then maybe mix and match here and there with a a free agent like a Greg Hardy or something like that. So as much as I wanted DeMarco to be there for the continuity, uh, for the pass protection that he does a good job of um, when he was protecting Romo, I I understand what Jerry did in letting him go. I just thought that he let him go. I thought he could have paid him what what he was asking for, you know. But he didn't want to budge on that. So, and the right. fact that he went to the Eagles, I don't like that either. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's kind of like, 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 like a double whammy right there. No way, all ass. It sounds like he was pissed off to me. <laughs> so he is. Yeah. That's the only reason he went there. Now I don't think he did his. I don't think he did his career any good by going there. 
because he's not going to get the, the number of carries and the opportunities that he would have in Dallas or maybe somewhere else. But I, I understand that he just wanted to stick it back to Dallas. I mean, he's not on a bad team. You know, he's on a team that, that should have made the playoffs last year. And um, so he has the opportunity to do something with him. But as far as um, – I mean, he doesn't have the line there that they have in Dallas. But the thing about it is – not a quarterback either. Uh, yeah, and he doesn't have the, the quarterback. So as far as – I know he's going to be motivated when he plays Dallas, but I think he's really going to have to work hard for his yards, which means that Dallas is really going to be going hard to strip that ball because we we know he does fumble. And if he has to work hard because he doesn't have the blocking that he norm that he's used to, then you know maybe he'd be more susceptible to fumbling. So I don't think as a fan I don't necessarily fear him like that. Um, I mean I, I'm I'm more afraid of Lashawn McCoy, you know. But I'm glad he's gone. But um, I still didn't want him to go to Philly. I still don't want to. You still don't want to face a guy like that. Though. I'm not saying he's not if, capable. If some if some guys is hit is healthy. They gonna run down him on you guys, Ryan Matthews and Demarco Murray, and Darren Sproles is gonna catch the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, I, I, I'm, back I'm very afraid of Darren Sproles. But I'm very, the that's the Eagles, the Eagles ain't gonna do shit. Them Eagles are gonna be one and three when they win. Well, simply because you, nothing proven. These Eagles don't have a quarterback worth of shit, and, and you know, you know. Chip Kelly pretty much got rid of all the players. If, if and Chip Kelly, if he if he dedicates if he dedicates that team to the run, like Dallas dedicated to the run or whatever, they would be hard to beat. See, everybody comes down on Chip Kelly. I don't think that Chip Kelly should have let go some of the people that he let go. But at the same time, he upgraded at every position. Name position he let somebody go and he didn't upgrade except the offensive line. You see, and that's now, what he should have upgraded, and that's what he should have upgraded, and it's gonna cost his ass his job by week five. I guarantee you, them jokers one and one and three, that motherfucker won't have a job. If the running game is stronger, heard it here first. Quarterback is, is the only question with Sam Bradford is can he stay healthy? When he's on the field, he played well. Yeah, he's a good quarterback. Better than Nick Foles. Running back situation is better. Sean McCoy, yeah, he, he, he looks sexy out there, shuffling his feet and all that, but you got to go straight down the field. DeMarco Murray, do that. Ryan Matthews, do that. Now, that's upgraded. Jordan Matthews is going to be the guy. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is going to be the guy. They're going to have a good team. I'm not saying they're going to the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to win 12 games. Or anything I'm saying is, what the Cowboys did was 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 just bad. Say, okay, well we can let anybody run behind that line, but the Texans or the Cowboys, either one of them two teams, you get Ray Rice, you know what he can do. These other boys, you figure, oh, the running back position, we get guy out of college or you know Joseph Randall runs well, but he's unproven and he's a fool, and you can't trust a guy like that. You know. Anybody doing the stuff he's done off the field, you can't trust a guy like that. He is me, I would bring Ray Rice in there, bring in $2 million or whatever it is, and let's see what he can do. I told you guys, Jeremy Pratt, they ain't going to do shit because he ain't do shit when he was in the Oakland. See, 
anybody can bust out there with 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 the four two nine speed or whatever he got, get somebody off a high school track team and run when he got some room. I want to see what you could do on a consistent basis. And Darren Fatten has not done it. He's just a sexier version of Felix Jones. And they both went to the same school. So and they, they both know. They so Jerry finished. Jones should know he was getting. But you know, I uh, I think you guys got a hell of an offensive line. I get me a hell of a running back to go behind it. And I forget who you guys oh, you guys got Byron Jones, you know, which was a good move. Yeah. But I would have if I would have tried to move up and take Todd Gurley, now you tell me how y'all gonna stop it. There's Brian them catching on the outside because in this league, if you put up forty points, no matter what the defense doing, y'all gonna be in there. Yeah, that's yeah. just the way it is. I um, I don't know. Running back, I, I definitely would be cool if if they brought in Ray Rice. I would be okay. I would. I mean, I would be okay with Chris Johnson. I'm not like a huge fan of him these days because he, he seems like he's hit that wall. Um, but Pierre Thomas is the type of, of running back that I think would run well behind that line. I mean, I I, I didn't even know he was out there. Uh, so I think there's some 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 people available who could definitely step things up. Joseph Randall is not a bad running back. I, I, I like Ray says. I just worry about him just being smart. You know, I mean, dude averaged almost seven yards a carry. But, I mean, you know, last year, when, when you're doing spot duty, it's kind of hard to gauge how good you really are. I mean, Lance Dunbar, the third running back, also averaged a little over six yards a carry. Um, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm looking at something else. He um, averaged almost – I'm looking at the previous season. He averaged almost five yards a carry. And um, But I, I just would feel comfortable with a big-time name in there. You know, and I mean, you can keep Joseph Randall, you can keep Dunbar. Um, I don't know if you keep McFadden because he really can't give you anything on special teams, but um, he's hurt right now. And if he doesn't get healthy to where he can play some preseason games, I don't know if he's going to make it to week one, to be honest with you. He's always hurt. Yeah. He's always hurt. But don't sleep on Chris Johnson. With the line, Chris Johnson will give you those 20, 30, 40 yards and sometimes that touchdown. You know, yeah, I, mean, I, I I love Chris Johnson, man. I thought he was there in Adrian Peterson for a while, for a couple of years. But every since he signed that contract, he let me down year after year after year. I depended on the people. I say, man, watch Chris Johnson getting a fresh start. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. And, man, he just let me down like an elevator. So I don't want to see him do nothing else. <laughs> I mean, because like with Chris Johnson, do I see it? He's really only had two great seasons, um, and now he's had some good seasons, but he's really only had two great seasons. That was the two thousand yard year and his second year, and then the year after that, he dropped all the way back to thirteen hundred. Um, he averaged almost a great year. Thirteen hundred. The lines, though. Look at the lines that's that he has in the years that he ran well. I think he got 13 yards last year. Uh, that's a good question. Let me go and check that out. What were you saying, Daddy Rich? Look at the lines that Chris Johnson had in Tennessee the years that he ran well. They were good lines. Tennessee's problem is, just like the college, man, 
the coaches, the carousel of, of the situation, man. They can't they can't get a formula down. They just never get a chance to get a set situation because they're moving so much. And, you know, they fired Munchak so quick. That was crazy because he wouldn't fire one of the guys that was working with him. That's ridiculous. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's basically he had lines during those times. He had a good offensive line. When he didn't have a good offensive line is when he didn't run well. I mean, everybody's talking about how, oh, he's washed up. He's not. He's still got that speed. It's just a matter of people protecting him and opening up holes that he can see to get through quickly enough. Hey, Daddy Riss, let me ask you this. If that's the case, why did Chris Ivory don't put him on the bench? I'll answer that, and that's that's a good question. It's a good one. But the answer to that is he's not a bruiser. He's a little guy. And, you know, he's not a Darren Sproles. He's a little bigger than that. But he's not a guy that can take hits. Chris Ivory is a, a bruiser. He's a he's a, a bar a bar bruiser. He's going in bar brawler. You know, Chris Johnson, on the other hand, he's a littler back. He has to have a bigger hole or, you know, he has to have a line. Ivory can, he can push a little, you know. Chris Johnson has no push. He's, he's speed. He's all about speed. It's all about timing. It's all about the hole opening at the time when he sees it. You know, Chris Ivory can make his way through certain things, kind of like Lynch. He's a back like Lynch. They, they accept, they, they, they go for the contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Johnson's not going to go for the contact. He's like a, a, a Franco Harris. He's going out of bounds. You know, he's not dealing with that. Yeah. Last year, Ray, yeah, four people that had thirteen hundred or more. So uh, that that's what I'm saying. Demarco Murray, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Marshawn, <laughs> and, and Marshawn, and and. Uh, yeah. And yeah, the, and them two guys barely got over thirteen hundred. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Sean so McCoy, you were the did he top get it? in the league when you thirteen hundred. Say what now? Top. You you the Sean McCoy in the league when you over thirteen hundred yards. Yeah, you may have misunderstood me. I said thirteen hundred was great. Yeah, it is great. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, because I was saying the two thousand yard season. Then he had the thirteen hundred yard season. He's had a couple of twelve hundred yard seasons too. Uh, of course, last season was his worst. He had six hundred and sixty three yards and a touchdown. Does he have anything left? Last year? He's he's going to be thirty years old in September. He played with the Jets last year. He's going to be thirty years old in, in September. Does he have anything left? I don't know, but I don't have a problem with with bringing somebody like that in, especially if he's cheap. But I would I would pick Ray Rice over him. I would pick Ray Rice over him. I, I think Ray Rice would be be hungrier too. Ray Rice didn't, didn't play well in his last couple of seasons, but I, I think dude has something to prove. And yeah, personally, if you brought him back, I think he would be really hungry. I agree. Oh, yeah. I agree. And like I say, the guy is good in the community. He's good everywhere. You make one mistake, a swallow punch, and everybody is trying to crucify him for it and use him for their own agenda. Well, I, I mean, my man, D. Ryder. 
I'm going to send my man D Wright on on the Green Chimp I mean, uh, on the Green Chimp group on Facebook. Got on to someone about that because um, he said that because someone said that Ray Rice should be the poster boy of domestic violence, and and D Wright's like, man, as many folks then stomped out and killed their women, you gonna make this man a poster boy of a punch in an elevator? And um, he doesn't deserve to be the poster boy of domestic. To be the he was happened to be the flavor of the month at the time, and social media just made it worse. So right. even though you know I, I'm not saying that um, you know the the outcome was was any good or anything, this guy doesn't deserve the treatment that he's gotten, and no. I, and I don't care what anyone thinks about it. I'm not saying that you know he should have done what he did and left her laying in the elevator or dragging her out or however you want to look at it, but I'm saying as far as what he did compared to many other people who have done far worse, this guy is just a scratch, just a scratch in the bucket compared to others. And I think it's very unfair with what the NFL did to him. And I think it's very unfair what he's gone through in the court of public opinion because he deserved a second chance. Um, and just like everybody else who deserves a second chance. And, I mean, you got people who then ran over folks with DUIs and all that other stuff that, People don't want to think about and, and, and done worse, you know, but this guy, you know, made a bad decision, I guess. And he paid for with his career. I don't think it's right. I really don't. Not for no first offense. Yeah. I mean, it's the genders of, of the women nowadays, you know, they can slap you up and spit on you and everything else. Now you retaliate because you ended up on the worst end of it. We want to call you an abuser. It's a difference between an abuser and somebody slap the shit or punch the shit out of somebody one time. It's totally different. It's just like if if you take drugs for the first time, you are not a drug addict. You sample drugs for the first time. You're not an addict. It's different. Mm-hmm. And, but... You know, unfortunate for him, but you know, I think he'd get a shot soon because he's doing interviews and stuff again. There's an old girl trying to talk up for him. You know, I mean, if she would have talked up in the first place, he wouldn't be in this mess. Cause he could, she could have shut all that stuff down, but I hope he get on a team like a Dallas where he can prove himself and revive his career so maybe people can forget about it. A good 1,500-yard season, then people will forget about it. Oh, yeah. Most definitely on that. So, yes, And then he he'll, of course, he would, he would catch a lot of flack, and so would Jerry Jones. But Jerry Jones has done this before. It's not his first rodeo on no. controversial people. No. You know. No, great. The, um, um, what's his name? Greg um, Hardy situation. He that's already forgotten. Yeah, ain't nobody I mean, talking about that. And now. the fans are gonna and the fans are gonna forget once uh once once someone gets a sack. So that's it, just look, kinda... nobody cares anymore. Oh, it's, it's, it's it's one thing that that they have to deal with because it's like you'll find guys wearing pink shoes and all that. Nobody really wants to wear the pink shoes, but if you say you don't want to wear them, we gonna come down on you like a a building. But you know, so you got to keep up the charade. Yeah, well, still, still a nation, know. still a nation over there. You still there? Yeah. 
now, now, now tell me this. Are they are the Steelers Jim Codwell and Mike Tomlin? And when I say Jim Codwell, and you remember what Indianapolis did to him, he goes to the Super Bowl next year, loses Peyton, flops real bad, and then they get rid of him. That's what I call Jim Codwell, and it means they was looking at him funny, you know. So they get rid of him. Do you think that the Steelers are Jim Codwell and Mike Tomlin right now? Is this well, year? No, I don't think brother. He just got a contract extension for two years as well as Kevin Colbert as well. No, I, I mean, I think in the next, I mean, first of all, I mean, the players listen to him whether they want to or not. I mean, the bottom line of it is he, you know, he makes sure he gets the best out of the talent that we had, you know, like last year. Nobody expected – I expected us to do well, but nobody else did. I mean, they had us pick third in the division, fourth in the division. And it was just ridiculous. And I'm going like, man, we're going to win the division, man. I said, this is our division to win because I had us pick two in the Super Bowl. You know, so the bottom line of it was is that, you know, as far as Mike Tomlin goes, his his the Steelers just don't make coaching changes. I mean, we've had three coaches, you know, since 69. So, I mean, you know, as far as Mike Tomlin goes, he ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Um, maybe some defensive offensive coordinators, which, you know, Dick LeBeau uh, was forced into retirement, and, you know, he went on to Tennessee. So, uh, and we already knew that Keith Butler was going to be moving up from linebacker coach into – he was the heir apparent to, you know, going into the, you know, being defensive coordinator. So, the bottom line of it is now Mike Tomlin even has a little bit more – of a stamp on the team because he's, he's, he's actually working out, but, you know, working with the uh, defensive backs, you know, trying to get them to do the cover two, but a version of cover two that will be in a three, four in alignment. So I, I'm just telling you right now, if the defense jails, especially with the big defensive linemen are, no, none of them being less than six, five, if they get their hands up at the line of scrimmage, there'll be a lot of bat- balls batted down, or at least knocked up the inner. I, I just what feel that, you know, the Georgia, uh, uh, I'm not. I ain't, I ain't sold on him yet. I'm thinking this. If trade, it was me, trade. This this is me. If if it, if it was me, and this is what I would do. Vince Williams should be on the outside, and the boy from Georgia should be inside. I think he's better suited on inside. Right. I think Ryan Sh- Shazier. He he's a playmaker, but he is not ready. Because I mean, I just I don't feel that he's ready yet. So right. if it was me, I'd put the the boy from Jarvis Jones should be moved to inside. Vince Williams outside. Arthur Moats on the other side. Those are my outside linebackers. Then on the inside, you leave Timmons where he is, and you put Jarvis Jones in the middle. That would get you because I think he would play. You know, Jarvis Jones would play better in the middle. I know he he projected to be outside. And they gonna have moats. The first, uh, the first depth chart came out, and they got moats on one side and Jones on the other side. But that's not how I would do it. Vince Williams got a high motor, and that that boy is determined yep. to make make the squad. And yep. I would put him at outside linebacker. And that's just me. But um, yep. I agree. I agree with. You. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Steelers got a, got a real good chance this year. But I do too. Mike Tomlin did something huge. He got rid of Dick LeBeau, which is what he should have done. A lot of people don't want don't want it to be that way because Dick LeBeau was a good guy and all that. It's his football. 
That's and a right. guy that coached that long can't be that good that long. He outdated. You pick Vince Lombardi up now, he's going to get his ass beat. You understand? So you need somebody in there that's going to come in with a new defense, change things around, keep things fresh, and have new ideas. Yeah, you was the man for a lot of years, but it's time to come in with something new. Right now, they got Big Ben, Mar- uh, Martavius Bryant, uh, we know what Antonio Brown gonna do. Know what Le'Veon Bell do. Sammy Coach. Got Sammy Coach. Keith Miller. Man, we gonna act a fool. Thirty points a game, man. I'm telling you, we. Yeah. Man, oh yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. We gonna act a fool. Y'all put that ball on offense, and you know Benson is ten plays that anybody in history. So, right now, I see what it looked like for the Steelers. Like you say, question mark on the defense because you know guys been hurt. Ain't living up the expectations and all that kind of stuff. But for you guys to get blanket from the Eagles for a fifth round pick, shoot, man, that's a steal right there. So everything held together. Then while Le'Veon is out, you guys got uh, D'Angelo Williams. Oh yeah, y'all got a football team. Yeah, it's gonna be hard I think to beat so those too. I think if that yeah, defense yeah. Hold, holds up, then um, I mean, you're looking at a 13 win team. That defense holds yeah. up. All that defense got to be is top top fifteen. Yes. It depends on the defensive backs. Yep. But if they play in cover two, see, we got athletic defensive backs. We don't have tall ones, but we got we got guys. We got ball hawks now in the in the secondary. And this is the key, really, to me. This the key to me would be the defensive line themselves. I mean, you got you got Clifton Gathers, six eight three twenty five. You got Big Dan, Big Dan McCullough, you know, six seven, three, you know, three fifty, all muscle. You got you got um, Stephon to it, six, you know, six five. You know, he I think he's six, right at three hundred pounds. You got I mean, yeah, yeah. then you got Mike you, Conrad then you got, man, is six seven, three hundred pounds, and. And Nico you, Davis you, is six five. Ethan Hamer is six six. Everybody on their yeah. roster, for the most part, on the defensive line is it, it averages six six. You got a couple of guys six now, four and one is six one at nose tackle, yeah. but there's some big dudes now, on that now line. You, and you, if you, the nose tackle is actually six three. But the, another thing too, our linebackers have gotten larger. Yeah, we lost Jason Worlds, but you got them both six six two. You got. You know Jarvis Jones at six two, you got Bonch Timmons at six three, and then the only short, two, the only short one, you got James Harrison six feet tall, and then you got Shazier. I think he's six one. So, but you got guys, you got linebackers now that are two fifty, two sixty, two sixty seven, and those, I mean these guys, and these James guys Harrison's are athletic. Can cover. <laughs> they can cover. Yeah, and they can cover. You run across the middle and be a, a little ass wide receiver and get hit by one of these motherfuckers. You ain't getting up. Well, or if it's a jump ball situation, you got somebody that's six two and got long arms. That ball's gonna get intercepted. If the defense jails, you going people gonna be afraid to play the Steelers. Period. That's the way. You, yes, that's the way it normally the, happens. That's the, the only problem I see for the Steelers is Indianapolis. And Indianapolis can put up 40 points just like you guys can, and now it's going to come down to defense. Because you yeah. know Luck won't be ready, no T.Y. Hilton, no Philip Dorsett, Andre Johnson, Frank Gore, 
they upgraded as well. So they upgraded, but we're going to whoop their ass. You have to understand you know, the Colts are going to run four wide receivers out there, so all those linebackers you mentioned ain't going to be on the field. It's yeah, going to have to play. It's going to be playing cover two on the backside, though. And the, the bottom line of it is, he's going to have to have time to throw, and they ain't going to have time to throw because we're going to be bringing, we are going to bring the rush this year. So. All you got to do is frustrate, uh, you know, Andrew Luck, and his ass is going to be – he's going to be glass. So, I ain't worried about Indianapolis. We got to tell the, we got to tell the schedule in the league. I think, they got a, I think they got a squad. We got to tell the schedule in the league, and we're going to be 13-3 and three at the end of it. So, and Indianapolis is going to get their ass stomped. So, I'm not worried about it. But, um, I mean, Ray, what about your Raiders, man? Oh yeah, man! I think we we looking real real good. I mean, we haven't seen Oakland look like this since uh, you know, yeah, forever. I mean, I really feel good about our picks. I feel good about our coaching staff. I feel good about our rookies. You know, Mario Williams. I mean, Mario Edwards Jr. I mean, I'm gonna have to see what yeah. he does, but. I but, remember what he uh, out, had out, Yeah, outside of that, you know, uh, we really, we really are. Uh, to me, we look good on paper. I think Latavius Murray is going to be big. I think Roy Halu is going to be big. I was going to say I, that dude I, there is a good pickup, Roy Halu. I like yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. It just so happened, you know, Alfred Morris outran him, but he could do a lot of things out of the backfield and everything else. I think Michael Dwyer is going to make the team. I think Trent Richardson is going to be on the outside looking in. If we carry four running backs, then he'll make the squad. But outside of that, he ain't going to be able to get on the field. And, you know, our wide receiver, Michael Crabtree is looking good. You know, Martin Cooper is looking excellent. We yeah. got Rod Streeter healthy. And then and you got a good, a good return man in Trenton Holiday. He's a good return guy. That can get you some some good yardage on special teams. Yeah, he 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 hurt, but they say it comes down to he might not make the team because that's all he really gonna be able to do. And yeah, I mean, yeah. And we got a couple other guys that can return: Austin uh, Willis, you know, mm-hmm. white dude, but you know he runs straight ahead. You know, he get them positive yards. He ain't yeah, he like showing all that too much. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I mean, our linebacker core is. Is as good as anybody in the league to me. So, you know, Khalil Mack, of course, is he's going to move out on defensive end a little bit more. Yeah, you know, so he's going to create some havoc. And, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know, but as a rookie, he grades out higher than any rookie ever. I don't know how that come out to be, but that's what he said. But, you know, we got a team. Derek Carr is out there. You know, hopefully Clive Wolford, our tight end, can get healthy and, you know, get make it in a training camp. And, you know, I, I expect for us to turn out a 9-7 season, you know, which okay. is a, a, a drastic improvement from yeah. what we've been doing. That'd if be y'all nice turn in a 9-7 season, y'all might sneak into playoffs as a 6 seed. Because, you know, Denver's kind of like – 
on shaky ground. San Diego, you know what they're going to do. And, you know, Kansas City, I think they kind of shaky too. So, 9-7, if y'all all close, y'all might sneak into the playoffs depending on, you know, how y'all play some of these games. I really like, I really, I really like our chances. I mean, been a lot of years, I felt like we wouldn't do all blue shit. We weren't making no moves. And we're not getting no quality players. But all the way down from Dan Williams at, 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 um, at, at defense lineman and, and uh, we got uh, Rodney Hudson at the center. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we got some good, solid guys here. I would like for us to go after Evan Mathis at guard, you know, but right. I don't know what, what our thought process is. I know if I was to give him uh, Reggie McKenzie and your job on the line, I don't know if I spend the whole salary cap. I'm going to bring everybody in and give us the best chance to win and seem to hold on to his job. But, you know, he kind of dumb. He's starting to come around a little bit now. Anyway, but Steve Jackson out of Mississippi State won't be a pro bowler. But I like that guy when he drafted him. You started 52 games in your college career, the boy coming to the door starting. Ain't miss no game solid. That's what we need. So we got the young talent. Only problem we gonna have in three or four years, everybody gonna wanna get paid. You know, Derek Carr gonna wanna get paid. You know, depends on how good he is. You know, you can't pay a guy over a hundred million dollars in my opinion unless you play in Pro Bowl football. But it ain't like that nowadays. Khalil Mack gonna crack the bank, Gabe Jackson gonna have to get paid. You know, it's going to be so many of our young guys, Mark Cooper, so we need to do this thing in the next five years or so in order to keep it all together. Yeah. Well, it definitely seems like the foundation is, is starting to get in place, so the Raider know, fans I'm, definitely I'm should have something to be happy about. Uh, definitely should have something to be happy about when you look at your season and what's going on and when you look at your um, – schedule and how it shapes up. Um, I mean, y'all have some opportunities there as well as far as your schedules are concerned. I mean, um, you do play a couple of tough teams in Cincinnati and Baltimore to start the season, but at least they are coming to Oakland, you know, and then you have, you go to Denver and then you go to Chicago and then you have teams like the Jets, uh, the Vikings, the Titans, the Chiefs, of course, uh, on the line. I mean, you have some games that you can win or be competitive in, so should be a pretty interesting season for the Raiders. But all right, before I get ready to wrap things up, I want to just do something just every now and then uh, to try to break up the monotony of, of some of the everyday talk, I guess, when it comes to football. And I want to talk about franchise greats. Every franchise has their great players. Right, but every person views each franchise a little differently. So I'm just going to start like in alphabetical order. We'll just do three teams tonight, and we'll try to determine maybe who is the best consensus franchise, all-time franchise player for a particular team, starting with the Arizona Cardinals. So just off the top of you all's head, when I say Arizona Cardinals, who is the best Arizona Cardinal of all time? Larry Fitzgerald. 
Aeneas Williams. And, and I think you can go with uh, – I like Aeneas Williams. He didn't play long enough. Aeneas Williams? He played long time. He played probably about 15 years, twelve to tw- yeah. in between 12 and 15. He played, he played a long time because he played for the Rams at the end of his career. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, uh, he was probably 10 years. Name. Maybe I'll say 12 is probably the most. I think it was 12 with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Anybody know how to spell his name? Oh, there we go. Yeah. Wait. Oh, I'd like to know who in the world named him. <laughs> probably great granddaddy or some shit. <laughs> All right, Aeneas Williams, he played 10 years for the Cardinals and four years for the Rams. So 14. I knew it was between yeah, 12. He had, he had 55 interceptions in his career. 46 of them came with the Cardinals. And um, I don't think you can go wrong with either one, Aeneas Williams, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. When I was looking at some of these franchise grades, there were some people that said Kurt Warner. I thought that was ridiculous. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is. Kurt Warner played for 20 minutes there. Um, someone said Dan <laughs> Deodorf. Dan Deodorf was there forever. I don't know if I consider him a franchise great, but he's definitely been there forever. But um, I think when it's all said and done, most people remember Larry Fitzgerald uh, for as far as he took Arizona back to that Super Bowl. Right, so. right. All right, so Atlanta Falcons, go. Okay, Michael Falcons. Big. No, no Deion Sanders. I'll, Excuse me, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders. I would say, well, how long? Well, Deion didn't play there that long. Deion was the best player they had there, but I would say Matt Ryan. Matt, who? Matt Ryan. <laughs> Matt Ryan didn't play for for the Falcons. Matt Ryan played for no, the Cardinals. No, he said Matt. Matt Ryan. Ryan. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Oh hell no. Let's Hell see, no. Deion played five years. Michael Vick played six years. Matty Ice came in 2009, right? Uh, Something like that. Yeah, well, I would say, well. Prime time. That's what he is known. No. Prime time and Jerry Glanville made the Falcons. No, Period. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say prime time. Prime time played half the season playing baseball and all the other stuff. And put prime time as the best. We're not talking about talent. We're talking about what they've done in the franchise. I'm not sure if people I mean, even I remember think. prime time playing there. I mean, I remember, but I don't think the casual fan remembers that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but let me throw some names out at you. I mean, I can go old school: William Andrews, Gerald Riggs. Um, what about Jeff I, George? I don't think he played there long enough. I, I can I consider him a Raider or a or a Colt more than I do anything else. Who is that? Oh, oh, Eric Dixon. Nah. What did he say? Uh, he said uh, Jeff George. Jeff George. Oh no. <laughs> he only played it like maybe two years. All right he didn't play now. Long. Um, I don't know if y'all remember Steve Barkowski, their quarterback yeah. from yep. seventy-five to eighty-five. His mom yeah. was my one of my teachers. Really. Yep. Okay. Now he would be someone that uh, that I he think most tough. people would probably. Yeah, I mean he played ten years, or eleven years actually, and uh, you know he took them to the playoffs a couple of times, had some pretty good seasons. 
at quarterback. Um, Jamal, Jamal Anderson, Anderson. he yeah. did uh, he yeah. he did pretty well. Uh, what about y'all remember? Y'all remember Jesse Tuggle? Yeah, yeah, yeah Jesse Tuggle. Yeah. I was just saying about him. You know, he had live tackles every year and everything. I believe some playing in the league now. The Falcons are really that, they got a situation there. Oh, really? And they got Jesse Tuggle played like fourteen seasons, and I mean he yeah, was all Tuggle over. Was, Tuggle may be the that may be the one. You're right. Yeah. Tuggle may be the one because he's the most consistent over a matter of time. Because he was yeah. there for a while. I mean, you, I mean, Barkowski, that's a good one, but where does he rate as quarterbacks at that time? Shit. I mean, he was okay. And then you have, and then you have, you know, Keith Brooking played there a long time. I don't know. Yeah, I, I like Jesse Tuggle better than I do him. I like Jesse Tuggle. Yeah, Scott. Tuggle, let's give it to Tuggle because he's Tuggle. consistency. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can say a guy in 14 years did more than the guy in six. So, yeah, we can say that in seven years or whatever it is. So, yeah, that that, that would be fair. Yeah. That's uh, all right. So we'll go on with Jesse Tuggle. And the last one we'll do this evening, and this is probably the easiest one, so we might have to think about who would be second more so who would be first, Baltimore Ravens. Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis. Man, Ray Lewis, man, Ray Lewis. All right. If it wasn't for Ray Lewis, who would you go with? If it wasn't for Ray Lewis, I would go with Joe Flacco. No, I ain't going to Flacco. Okay, I would probably, I would probably go with the boy that they just actually cut um, on the defensive line because you couldn't run through her loading daughter. Yeah, right, y'all are forgetting some big good, time names. Good call. Y'all are good. Call. Y'all are forgetting some big time names. And the reason, the reason I why I say hello, Nada. That was still a nation. Yeah, that was still a nation, wasn't it? The that, reason that why I say hello, Nada, because you couldn't run on that motherfucker. That's oh, a bitch was blockable. You could. Nobody could. It, I mean, y'all you got to remember the Ravens. No, I'm I know Ed Reed, but but the thing is, the reason why I say hello to Nada is because you got to understand that defensive line held several running backs under 100 yards for, I think it went 19 straight games. They switched. You weren't running against that. I mean, granted, and I I know Ed Reed in the secondary, but hello to Nada, I mean, it just didn't get past hello to Nada. So yeah, I agree. That's the reason I, I have to put him. He's, I wouldn't yeah. look at him as no the whole, franchise. Not, not the whole like, reason. Yeah, I mean when when when, when uh, what's what's the other the, the, the tagging guys when they did the same thing? Uh, you talking about uh, uh, Tony uh, Sarah, I know Goose, you're Goose, Sarah Goose, Sarah Goose, Sarah Goose, yeah. yeah. Even a good he one too, but the only Nada was better. He wasn't as good as Nada. He wasn't as good as Nada. I'm telling you, Haloti Nada is. Let me throw this name at you. Haloti Nada is not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, Ed Reader would definitely be my second choice. And my third choice would be be Jonathan Ogden, even though offensive linemen don't get a lot of credit. Jonathan Ogden. Yeah, he was good. He knocked down that side for the longest. That's a good one. 
That's a good All right. What do you all think about well, Jamal Lewis? Does he qualify? No. No, because he stayed yeah, hurt. Yeah. He's always yeah. hurt. No, nah, but he had more years with um, Cleveland. Who was that? He, who was Cleveland? Cleveland. And, uh, well, he, he, he played he six maybe in, one year with them. And he he was played six in Baltimore. He played six in Baltimore and three in Cleveland. Yeah, he was hurt a lot in Cleveland. So if you take six, you take six years, he ain't done enough. See, Flacco, see Flacco, put them boys on his back and took them to the Super Bowl and won that thing. I, but yeah, nobody lo- thought he was. He made big play after big play after big play. Actually, the, I'll, the give, you somebody, to I'll give you somebody that had. I give you somebody that had that played eight seasons with the Ravens, uh, won a Super Bowl, had three seasons where he had double digit sacks, and I think he was one of the most popular Ravens uh, before yeah. Ray Lewis really came out. Peter Bowler. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 I'll give yeah. you that. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. But all right. Next go around, we'll look at some other teams. Buffalo's next on the clock, so we'll go with them next time. But um, anybody got anything else before we sign out out of here? Go steal a nation. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> go Dale Earnhardt Jr. <laughs> I got a show that I'm doing, man, and um, and a, probably when we get back from the break uh, about Little League sports and how it's become such a big business. Do you all know that there's some little league coaches who that's what they do full time? Yep. And I got a hold of some salaries of some little league coaches out in Texas, man, and they got some little league people that are making $100,000 a year. Wow. Wow. And because, I mean, for kids to play, when I used to play back in the day, I, I played soccer when I was like eight years old. I played in the Northeast Jackson Soccer Organization, right? I was a goalie. And to play soccer, if I recall correctly, was like 35 bucks. All right, which was a lot of money back then, but still 35 bucks. Do you know how much um, there's this kid that I know in Texas, uh, uh, you know, to my brother's church. Do you know how much this kid paid just to play soccer this year? He paid three grand. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. I understand. It's and club this soccer. Stuff, though. This stuff That's is club is, soccer. Is three grand? I expect to be playing for uh, well, Barcelona. What do you got? I can tell you. I don't know. Uniforms or nothing like that. I can tell you. They take this. The new league coaches back. take this seriously, man. Because I can tell you, the same team that Trent Richardson played on, my stepson played on for Myrtle Grove. And these jokers won the championship every year that my son was on the team, except one. He was they were three and one in four years. Uh the championship team championship team that uh Trent Richardson was on at Myrtle Grove. So and Coach Mike had these boys playing NFL style football in little league football. I mean, these boys were running sweeps and traps and 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 I'm like, what the hell? I mean, they and doing options and, you know, shotgun plays and stuff like that. Coach Mike had these boys coached up. And when they went to, when they went to high school around here, everybody wanted those guys from Myrtle Grove because them boys were – I mean, he had them boys studying film on Fridays, film in Little League football. 
So I mean, before the game to make sure that their game that their game preparation was tight, and so forth and so on. So I mean, I mean they, they have this league called the Select Leagues, right? And the Select Leagues is they're big. Okay, to let you know how big they are, they have a select volleyball league that travels from state to state, state to play volleyball. All right, so, I mean, it's not just football or baseball. It's all kinds of sports, and they charge all this money because everyone wants their kid to be the next Michael Jordan or next A-Rod or, or something like that. So, But to pay three grand to play Little League sports, to me, is, is, a, is a scam. I honestly think it is. I don't care. I don't know what kind of coaching you can give a kid at that point. I, you have, like I said, $100,000. In Little League. Yeah, I mean, let me, it, it, all depends, it all depends on the coaching, you know what I mean? Good coaches should get that kind of money. Man, you know? 100 grand, I mean, that's almost more yeah, than 100 money. grand in Little League? What age, what age group? And, uh, I mean, well, this kid that I that I know that paid the three grand is 12. But he's been, he's been in these different leagues for, for the longest – all right, let's see. Let me see if I can find something. Um, let's see. Well, these are referees. So. You know, they got some referees that make pretty good money. Now, I don't know if this is what they make annually or not. This will be $60 a game or 60000 a year. I have to try to get clarification on that. This is 60000 a year. Jesus. All right. Now, you know, of course, the people who are like the directors and all of that of the groups, they get a lot of money. But all right. They got a um, a coach, uh, the Comet Soccer Club of Dallas. And this salary right here is from 2004. So keep in mind, it's been 10 years. So you have to add your own math for inflation. Ten years ago, well, 11 years ago, this guy was the head coach of a soccer team, got $83,000. All right. $83,000. There's this other guy who was the director of coaching, which he got $30,000 for that, but his main head coaching job paid him $116,000. Damn. 11 years ago. All right. Um, Let's see. This lady, she's executive VP, $73,000. The secretary got $10,000, which is still a lot of money for being a secretary back then. Uh, let me find out. This guy was a coach slash counsel, uh, consult guy, consultant. Uh, he got 90 grand. His assistant coaches got 50 apiece. <laughs> I mean, so this, and again, this is 11, 11 years ago. I'm going to try to get some, um, some more, Solid salaries, but and you can you can see how they can afford to pay it if you're paying three thousand dollars a child, you know. And on yeah, top of that, they're playing year around. You know, back when we were growing up, you know, you you had football in the fall, and that was it. Football is year round now. You got seven on seven in the spring in some state in Texas. You got summer league yeah. football, and so you might be paying out five six grand in a year for your kid to play football. I mean, football is big. I mean, I don't see how to get it off like that because you go to high school, you play for nothing. So I don't see how to get it off like that. But 
you know, it's it, it's big business. They get the kid ready, they play for the best schools and the best coaches. You know, like when we was in high school, our coach went to the Hurricanes down in Miami, got the Hurricane defense. You know, went to the Houston uh, Cougars, got the run and shoot when it first came out, this and that, and it was just a, a big thing going. But when it's time to hit that field, running over everybody. So it all depends. You get these coaches in Texas, man, they, they taking it serious, you know. They doing, you know, everything. Oh, everything yeah. is football. The mayor involved, everybody in town, the police involved, everybody. Football is Gov- huge. See, see here and some of the other spots, you know, Oh, we'll take an Adrian Peterson off the field for some bullshit. See, I had a text him, shit, he killed somebody. If you didn't see him do it, and he get out by Friday night, he's going to play. But here, you know, well, you know, he passed math, and he didn't do this and that. You ain't going to do this shit in Texas. You know, everything is football. That's why they got the big stadiums. They got the big everything. Yeah, they got way little to go to their games. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. And they don't care if a mission is ten dollars, fifteen, whatever. Everybody going to the game. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, you know, you, you got to get your, your English grade up, and nah, and children running for two hundred yards a game. You gonna take about the field with some shit like that? <laughs> no, nah, that ain't gonna happen. Yeah. Run. You know, run. You get these they gonna say run. Yeah, Texas is big out of everything straight. They ain't got women stuff up there talking for them. That's why I say good luck, Hillary Clinton. Because I'm country boys going to shut that shit down. <laughs> so, but yeah, they, I'm telling you, this stuff is on another level, man. And these guys are, and these women are making a killing off of these kids. And it's not just, you know, they have select, like, cheerleading camps. Um, I know to be a cheerleader, well, even just to be a cheerleader at Pearl High School here, um, back in 2013, I think it was also like $3,000. I don't know what you're paying for. I haven't a clue what you're paying for, but uh, that's something I'm going to try to research and we're going to discuss it on the show sometime after the break because I need to know if I need to try to get into coaching. <laughs> so coaching these little league kids or something, being a referee, do something. But, all right, fellas, we'll go ahead and shut this down. I appreciate y'all hanging out. Um like I said, I'll catch you all in a couple of weeks. Now, of course, if something big comes up in the sports world, I might have to go on the air to discuss it, and I'll let you all know if that's the case. But, uh, yeah, take a little break, try to get my battery recharged, because it's going to be busy on me seven days a week come football season. So I appreciate you all hanging out, man, and I'll talk to you all in, in 20 days. Y'all have oh, a good one. Oh, cute. Real what are we going to do about setting up our, our fantasy league? Um, I've, been sending out, all that, close. I've been sending out invites, but I haven't gotten responses from everyone. Like for everyone that was in the league last year, yeah. uh, so you might have to double-check your, your email. But what I can try to do, um, let's see. You play fantasy football, Daddy Rich? Yep. Uh, if you want to get in on, a, on the zone coverage league, man, I can – Inbox you the information. Yeah, do that. Do that. And uh, let me take a look right quick, Ray. 
and see what's going on for the zone cover. I think there was a zone coverage league and might have been a T2Q league as well. I'm trying to remember. I've been way too many leagues this year. I've been way too many leagues. I got to figure out which ones I'm going to focus on. All right, let's see. The zone coverage league and then there's the T2Q league. All right, and let's see. Yeah, I sent the last invite to you, Ray. It's not your normal address, though. It's a Sagittarius address. That's the one you use. Right? Yeah, right. Sound like it's an email. Yeah, yeah, I was going yeah, to get okay. um, oh, You okay. say, where did it start with? The address? Yeah. Ray Sagittarius. Oh, okay. So right, you, you, have have to, two, uh, you have two invites there. Um, or you can, let's see, I know. Oh, that's, there, I that, know that's who Yahoo then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I haven't checked Yahoo. I've been playing the heck out of ESPN. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, so it's, it's renewing the leagues from uh, from last year. So you should, okay. have two invi- you should have two invites there waiting on you because I need one okay. more team in the zone coverage league, and I need uh, – I probably need like four more teams in the T2Q league. But – uh. Daddy Rich, if you send me your um, inbox, me your email address, man, I'll send you the invite. I got you. No problem. But yeah, I think the uh, the T2Q draft is August the 30th, which is a Sunday, and the zone coverage is August the 23rd, which is a Sunday, both at nine o'clock Eastern. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, fellas. I was just, uh, yeah, but yeah, check Yahoo, Ray, and you can get on in. You already got your invite waiting on you. And okay. I'll go ahead and shut this thing down. I appreciate y'all hanging out as usual. You all enjoy the break. And like I said, if something comes up, something big, feel free to message me or whatever, and we have to go on the air for a little bit and discuss it. We can do that. Because, you know, there's going to be a lot of football stuff going on, so I don't mind mixing in a zone coverage here and there just to try to stay up to speed on stuff. Okay. Because so, it ain't nothing for right. me to do that. It just those other shows require me to think, and I need a couple of weeks off from thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to think when it comes to sports, man. That's natural when it comes to sports. I can I can just roll out of bed and do zone coverage. So I believe we all could. No doubt. No. All right. Well, everyone, you've been listening to the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. Go to TalkToQ.com for more information. Everyone have a good night. Peace out. See you on um, August the 25th. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? <laughs>
they are who we thought they were. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You play to win. Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy?